Went to a really good restaurant yesterday. Do you want to talk about it on the air? Okay. All right. See, this is this is stuff. We gotta <laughs> you gotta keep gotta keep the, the mill. Yeah, Grist gotta... for the mill. Well, it's just you know we can talk about it twice or we can talk about it once. I always love that. Uh, there's a J.K. Chesterton was a wrote a column for the newspaper, a daily column, and one of his books is titled "Grist for the Mill," which is <laughs> pretty much what you get to after a while of doing that, I imagine. It'd be uh, what okay. can I write about? I'll t- I'll talk about something on the air that just gave me an idea for something. Okay, all right. Well, then we'll start. We'll start at, it'll like end now, and then the show will start proper after this. Okay, we're not using that same song, right? The illegal one. Shut up. Everyone and welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby, and the cops are at the door <laughs> again. Yep, <laughs> but they're just fans of the show. Yeah, they just came by to say hello. All right, drop off a letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, I was thinking when you were mentioning, uh, you know, things about podcasts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting if uh, because we don't want to have a conversation before the podcast. Yeah, then you use up, you burn through the conversation. Burn through the conversation. Yeah. You know, would have a great podcast, mm. monks. Monks would have a great podcast? They take a vow of silence. Oh, I see. Those so, silent monks, and then like once a week, they just do a podcast. Oh, they're like, they're like oh, let me tell you. Mm, mm. I was listening to a podcast hosted by a monk for a while. Okay, hit me with it. What's what's Was it about relationships? It wasn't about relationships. I know, you're, it seems there's you're like, very, I know there's two, two ex-monks that you, wrote relationship books. You're very much against that. and I. Yeah, you seem to be looking for something right now. I thought I had my phone with me, but oh, maybe I... I might have just put it in my bag for no reason at all. These are problems monks don't have. Maybe I just left it in the car. If you want to go to the car and get it, it's okay. That's eh, fine. Is anyway. It, is it is, missing? Uh, it, is it sitting in your car and people will break open the windows and like get to get the phone <laughs> that's like on display in your car? Is that what's going on right now? Yeah. That's so I would go get your... You should get your phone. You think I should get my phone? Yes. All if right. it's in your car and don't want to get broke. All right, everyone. Here's some intermission music. I'll be right back. Wait. This isn't the music that we're going to get in trouble for, right? All of it. assume the phone is fine because the car was stolen so it's probably oh, okay, okay inside they it, just so. left the phone yeah though no, no i just assume the phone is fine in the car with with the oh all people. right that's so that's fine. fine it's all good wait all the, good. the police are back i'm not gonna door. worry should i mention the police who are here about our copyright violations about the <laughs> stolen car no that's a different they're different departments is that right yeah yeah they're not the same thing so okay one is yeah uh the podcast it's hosted by this man named richard Rohr, who is a i guess he's a monkey and then uh, it's called Another Name for Everything. It's just a very kind of very gentle show where they talk about life things. Okay. I'm going to like, how do you spell that person's name? R-O-H-R. R-O. Is this fun for everybody when I uh, do this? <laughs> I've got a reason why I'm doing this. Okay. Because a... you're curious if he's the relationship I wanted person? to see if it was a guy that I was hired to work for. Nope. Oh, totally okay. Guy. <laughs> okay. He's got a very nice, oh yeah, he looks like a monk. 
Yeah. Like he looks like if you walked in, like if you were casting a monk and you went like, <laughs> yep, that there's the guy. This is a very gentle show and he has... He I has can also his... play friars. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I can see that. He has like younger people that uh, work with him and... Uh... Uh-oh. They have very nice conversations. Okay, good. Let's hope that it stays that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean like children. I mean... No, know, no, no. I don't like, mean you know, that like either. Young I'm just saying, listen, when there's someone people, who's... People, fellow searchers, let's call them that. Excellent. Fantastic. Whenever there's someone who's uh, like a pastor or what have you, mm. and they have a show, and they got a lot of young people on the show, mm. tick, tick, tick. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really... All of a sudden, I got to throw away a bunch of cookbooks. Yeah. <laughs> It doesn't really strike me in that way, but it, no, you never well, know. Nothing strikes. That's the thing. It's you never know. You're right. You never you know. know. You know they might they might end up wearing tennis shoes and going to visit a comet. Sure, why That's, not? So yeah, you just don't know what's going to happen with accolades and their yeah. or sorry, accolades and their masters. That's ugh. I don't like hearing that. I like the acolyte part, but I don't like the master. Well, if you part. have acolytes, you have to have a master. You just can't yeah. be acolytes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the problem. I think that's the wrong word. Then <laughs> language is important. Okay, fair enough. This yeah. is how you get uh, like uh, the Sith as well. Mm-hmm. You start calling someone master, all yeah. of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe I'm a yeah. big shot. Then the dark side shows up, sure, and uh, all of a sudden you're like blowing up planets and crap. It doesn't. It doesn't help if you have a lisp. Oh, is that? Uh, is that? Oh, th- th- oh I get you. <laughs> I had to play that through in my head. I was thinking Darth Vader doesn't have a lisp. He's got a respiratory yeah, problem, but I think the mask corrects his uh, yeah, lisp. Yeah. Uh, so what do you what do you think of ah- Ahsoka? Whenever I see it, I the logo throws me off. Oh, really? Well, first of all, this I like the logo. Here's what I can bugs see me that about some letters are bigger than others. Episode number one. Here's a problem. Uh, episode one starts with someone discussing her and then going like, "And who is that? Her name's Ahsoka." Mm. And then says something else. And then, like, the title, Ahsoka, comes up. Mm. And it's like, no. What's her name? The title comes up. You don't say the name. Beat, beat, beat. Title comes up. Okay. That's not how that goes. Boo. Come on, Dave. Boo on that. Come on, Dave Filoni. Yeah, come on. It's uh, timing. It's uh, showmanship. (laughs) Hell, they go. Also, it's it's weird for me because uh, whenever I see it, uh, the uh, A-H-S... I think of American Horror Story because that's mm. their logo is A H S, so it looks like American Horror Story. Okay, <laughs> uh, that's all I can think. Uh, what do I think of it? I think it's uh, it's 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 proper Star Wars. I think it's kids Star Wars. I think it's Star mm, Wars. Thank you. Uh, that and they've snuck in that it's basically you know it's pretty much all women, huh? Have you noticed that? There's not a there's really not a dude in there except for like you know. Ray Stevenson. That's that's about it. Yeah. And David Tennant's voice, but they play that real smooth. So you know <laughs> those fans don't go, "Hey, wait a minute." Well, I'm sure they're She-Hulk and my Ms. Marvel and my blah da blah blah blah. I don't. Why's Ray got to be the star? They're not. So anyway, <laughs> they're already there. The yeah. cri- the critical drinker is already mad. I'm sure. Oh yeah, probably. It's... Yeah. So uh, I like that it's a real nice basic Star Wars. Uh, I know it's like a lot of stuff is based on a cartoon thing, but who cares? Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen Rebels or the other one, yeah, Clone Wars. It doesn't matter. It's one of those things. But it where seems like, very, it's not so complicated that you're like, I don't understand what's going on. People chasing other people because they're trying to go somewhere and rescue someone or and, and or find someone who's bad. It, yeah, who's the, it, bad, who's the bad guy in this? Is it the ones who are the cackling witches? Or is it, uh, you know, the nice lady with the cat? You know, and oh, 
Yeah, she's a nice lady with a cat, and she's cool, and she goes on her owl, motorcycle. Owl cat. And then the calm, the the calm uh, Ashoka who's always got her arms folded, going. <laughs> I tell you, you know, sometimes doing all that. Well, mostly, mostly arms folded. And what's uh, weird with Ahsoka is that she'll fight with two lightsabers until it's like a serious fight against someone that's really powerful. Then she fights with one, and you're like, get the other lightsaber out. You're fighting Ray Stevenson. Yeah, but no, then she's got to focus. Like, I think that's a real serious fight. So you've got to like trim it all down and okay. get it to like the basics. Uh, you know, you got to like really you, focus. It just seems silly to not use your, all your weapons. Well, the, when the person know, like I, that to me makes it seem more serious. Is like you know you can you can be the uh, you know the character who's covered in tons of weapons and grenades and bullets and whatever ninety style, <laughs> and then when it comes to the fight, yeah. that's when they grab the board with a nail in it, and that's it. Those are the only things you're fighting with. Well, I think the reason you got to strip it all down. The actual reason I think they do it is because if they had her fighting Ray Stevenson, Ray Stevenson with. Uh, two lightsabers she would just win right away so they have to like make the odds seem like a little better so that you know when she's fighting a, a portly gentleman uh, who's a little bit older than her i.e probably 30 years older than her this huh? slow down a little used bit used to be the punisher so slow down a little <laughs> well, that going on he was a walking around punisher yeah the uh i mean you've got the other the other guys who are like a couple of ranks down who have the spinning uh, lightsabers, right? And you think, well, how could you beat a spinning lightsaber but guy? she did. Well, she did. And that's the thing. Mm. It's like, he's got fancy, pantsy device. Well, there's no way of getting through that. Boom, got it. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, because he's, he's going gimmicks, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're the one with, yeah. if you're General Grievous and you've got four lightsabers, yeah. you're going to fucking lose. You're going to lose. I mean, <laughs> even like, uh, even Darth Maul, you know, with yeah. his double stick thing. You know, you're going to end up splitting two and going down a tube. It's not uh, It's not good. You should just... Uh, one one lightsaber. That's how you win. You don't win with uh, double lightsabers. Well, he did kill that one guy. Yeah, he did. Darth That's Maul. true. That was back when... Uh, if you got Queed, stabbed... Queed John, whatever his name. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson. That's Liam Neeson. Yeah. Liam Neeson gets uh, stabbed through the uh, stomach or something mm. and becomes the last guy to die from a stab wound in Star Wars history. Absolutely everyone else in Star Wars after that point stab. Well, let's take you to the fix-it shop. Yeah. La ba boo. Everything's fine. You're cool. You're up. It seemed You're, yeah. It seemed weird when in not to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but there's one of the characters gets, you know, huh. penetrated by a lightsaber and you're like, "Well, that's it for her." And then she's walking around after you like, "Wait a second. What do these late how do these lightsabers work exactly?" Well, you get fixed. Well, I guess it cauterizes the wound. It depends like what it hits. I don't know. I, yeah. You know, it seems like I don't, I don't know, know if I don't know if fire cauterizes while it's burning you. Maybe. But that would be, uh, really, you burn for re- even longer because it's cauterizing and burning you to death at the same time? I mean, you had two people in the Boba Fett story, uh, you know, get like kind of gut wounds and both of them got fixed up. Yeah. Just... And they're all they're all fine. You know, I don't know. They got robots that are doctors and they'll put you in a <laughs> Bacta tank or whatever, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. which is the same stuff they have. Even if you get your hand cut off, you get put into one. Yeah, you get put in a Bacta tank, which is where they also keep combs when you're at the barber's. That's the same liquid. It is. Is that a Bacta tank, Bactine, or whatever? It's yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's just a tank full of Bactine. You're right. That's all it is. <laughs> Heals you up. You're all it's fine. Blue. It's blue. In- but I think okay. So here's the thing. But here's. I just want to say one, one okay. thing because we're talking about those tanks. Is that 
you think they would have like smaller ones. So like if your hand was cut off, you just can put your your stump into it. Right, and Madge goes, you're soaking in it. You don't have to. I'm like what? <laughs> Get out of here, Madge. Instead of being <laughs> like a, olive. instead of being suspended in an, a, t- a tank, you know, like with a bunch of tubes and stuff hanging out of you, uh, it'd be much simpler just to just put it into the t- back to tank. Well, I'll tell you one thing about uh, Star Wars. Whether you're a Sith, whether you're a Jedi, great healthcare. Bad guy, good guy. You're yeah, yeah. you're Darth Vader, and you mm. like uh, roll into a magma pit. Mm. They're gonna fix you up. They're gonna yeah. give you a nice cyborg outfit. Everything's great. Sure. You're a Luke Skywalker. You're gonna get your hand cut off. They're gonna fix you up. Or you're spending your time on Hoth, getting all frostbite. Uh, they're gonna put you in a tank, fix you up. You're all gonna be fine. Everything's yeah. great. Uh, and honestly, Han Solo. There's a guy who you know went in carbonite for years. Uh, pops out of it and uh, really after like an hour none the worse for wear pretty good i'm sure he got a little bit of treatment something Mm. you know he was like blind and his vision comes back oh yeah it's all good uh but what i'm going to say about uh, ashoka uh, is uh it's it's what you want it to be which is if you don't get the references who cares? You'll yeah. you'll understand. Yeah, yeah. And if you do get the references, ooh, that's I get those references. <laughs> I'm happy. And that's what you got to do with Star Wars. You got to balance I, it, and they and they. I do. don't even get the references. I was actually yeah, watching, you don't, and it's still fine. I was watching Sassy a, robot. Um, I was watching a video about Irving Kirshner directing the second Star Wars film and uh, Empire Strikes Back. Search and, for Spock. Was that the second Star Wars? That's film? right. Search for Spock. And in the uh, in the clips they're running through uh, the the. Essayist was was yakin. They showed this. I guess it was like in the uh, Jawa place where the robots are, and then there was like this little creature, and he was a little creature that the Mandalorian meets on Tatooine. Sure. Who says, you know, I have spoken. I didn't know that that was like. I thought that was just an original character created for mm-hmm. for the Mandalorian. I didn't realize he was like some character who was in the original Star Wars film. And so I saw that. I went, oh, that's where that came from. I just thought it was an original character. I mean, it doesn't bother me that. It's not original. I'm like, well, they didn't make that up. But just, I just thought it was sort of funny. Like, I had no idea that it was related to an actual, like, character. Or not character, but, a, a, like, some sort of background, uh, f- you know, creature from the Star Wars film. Well, do you remember... It, uh, of, it amused me. Do you remember Matt Berry's character? And I think it was, like, a book of uh, Boba Fett. Do you know Matt I Berry? I don't know if I went, got through all of that. Okay, well, Matt, there, Matt Berry is a robot. Uh, in Book of Boba Fett, and he is the robot in either Empire or Return of the Jedi. I think it might be Empire, but uh, who is torturing other robots when uh, when R two and C three PO are captured by the I think the, the Jawas or some such. But oh, like, that's he, the first he, Star, that's the first Star Wars. Then. He is burning. Yeah, he's burning the feet of like a yeah, robot. Yeah. And it's going. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, that's funny because you know it's a robot being tortured. <laughs> it's weird. Why do they make him feel pain? Anyway, that robot so they don't then, damage themselves. Then shows up as like you know Matt Berry in uh, oh, okay. Book of Boba Fett. So they they use a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I just you get it, I'm you just, get it. I'm just you don't get it. Who cares? I'm just giving that as an example of like even the, I didn't even. It doesn't matter at all what, right. whether I knew that character here, was. Here, here's an example. The latest one, and again, I'm not going to be spoiler magoo, but uh, you got uh, the David Tennant robot. Yes. Okay. And the David, uh, there's a kid who's saying to the David Tennant robot, "Hey, do you know how to build a lightsaber?" And the David Tennant robot goes, uh, "Yes." And like, uh, will you show me how to build one? No. And then they go off. Okay, so yeah. that's just a nice little joke. Yeah. If you don't know nothing, that's a great joke. And off, off you go. I don't and know you, anything. And if you do know something, yeah. you'll know 
this is the robot they used to like uh, uh, build lightsabers. That was their main job. They oh, built really? thousands of lightsabers. Okay. They used to like train uh, the little Jedi. You know, back in the Jedi Academy. You get it? You get it. You don't get it? Who cares? That's exactly how you lay down that kind of uh, storyline. I believe in the in the uh, prequel or the prequel film. They're called the Egglings. Okay. Yeah. Coo 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 choo. <laughs> yeah. And then after uh, you know Vader kills them all, they're the fried egglings. They're the what? Sorry. Fried egglings. Fried egglings. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> Anakin kills them all. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Thanks for building on that. Yeah. Stupid it's okay, though. Said. He does some nice stuff near the end. So deathbed redemption, everything's fine. All things are fine. Isn't it ghostbed redemption? Mm, well, I mean, the redemption happens when he throws uh, the emperor down Oh, in the, the emperor down the That's right. I'm sorry. I forgot about Mr. Potato yeah. appearing in the end of the Return of the Jedi. And then, yeah, off comes the thing and uh, <laughs> and, and Luke goes, <laughs> Everyone goes, And he's like, oh, you look like you were really injured. And he goes, no, genetically, we all look like this when we get this age. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. I'm like, okay, all right. So how when can I enjoy that? See, listen, now, now we understand Luke's actions in The Last Jedi even better. Yeah, listen, just go live on now. an island. Do it now. Don't do, just live by yourself. Be a hermit. <laughs> That's the that's the way. It's that's the healthiest go. way. I gotta avoid this egg thing. Mm-hmm. Look like that. I just what you, so Ashoka. You, you're enjoying it. You're not enjoying. I it. I am enjoying it because okay. I li- what I really enjoy about it is just that what you said. Like it's for it feels like it's for kids. Like it's a fun, goofy time. Like it's not no one's like you know betraying other people or you know what I mean. I mean there is some betrayal, but it's it's like but it's just like that in a kind of YA way. Yeah. It's a young adult. They turn to all the senators and go, Senators, there's a big problem. And the senators go, We don't care. Yeah. We don't give a damn. Shut up. You're dumb. Okay, let's leave. (laughs) We're the senators and we don't care. Ignore, ignore, ignore. It's like, That's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's what senators do. You Mm -hmm. got the government has to not get it. And now you guys have to go be rebels and go go rebel up. Yeah. And do your do your thing. And fight the space witches. (laughs) <laughs> well, they don't. There's only one space witch. I haven't. We haven't seen any other ones. And she hasn't. Okay. Well, well, there's one space witch. There's a coven of space witches. Like she's not. If on- you say so. I haven't seen them. Okay. Fair enough. I've not seen them. I haven't. She hasn't even cackled. You said she cackled, but she didn't, hasn't cackled on the show yet. She so. hasn't cackled yet. She hasn't cackled. Okay. And very, very. Uh, the evil people dour. seem pretty boahaha evil. They're all. I dressed don't know in about black. that. I feel like. I mean, but I feel like Ray Stevenson's character, whatever his name is. Yeah. Is Jason Jason Dedrick? Is that his name? Yeah. And I feel I'll like refresh he is, my memory. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like his character is a little. I don't want to say he's not bad, but he's he's kind of like I don't know, sort of weirdly neutral in a way. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got something to do. He thinks he's the good guy. He thinks that's he's a good guy. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a good that's a good way to play it. Yep. Like he's not. But he's dressed. He's all, not. Bwahaha. I mean, yeah. he's dressed in black. He's but, dressed in black. He's working yeah. with the space witches. <laughs> But he for his own ends, you know, he's like dressed exactly like Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like you know. But he's very he's very good with his with his acolyte mm. as a master. Yeah, but the acolyte looks kind of damaged, just like looking all like thousand <laughs> yard stare, and just like just let me kill someone easy yeah. acolyte. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's doing a good job, that actress. Yep, that's a good show. Everyone's doing a good job. I, I disliked them cutting off the girl's hair, but I guess that has to do with Clone Wars or something. Um, whatever her name is. Is she oh. another Ren? There's another Ren there. Yeah, I'm not. I can't tell you Star Wars names, yeah. buddy. There's no way, unless no. unless it's something like again. Look, here's here's the, here's the way it it kind of seems to go is, you know, they either go like full crazy ass name, or you know, it's Leia. 
it's Luke. <laughs> it's just regular names, yeah. you know. Yeah. Because again, it's the it's the Kryptonian thing. You know, I am Jor-El and my wife Laura. Hey Laura, come here. This is Quarkshar and his <laughs> wife Sarah. Sarah, come on over. We're gonna have half normal and half uh, crazy space names. Yeah. Well, you remember, you'll remember one of us. Yeah. You'll remember Han Solo. Yeah. That's fine. That's easy to remember. And how about Kwai Jung Jin? Yeah, no, I don't fucking know. You but it's funny me, you remember Obi Wan Kenobi, but I guess you remember him as Ben too, so yeah. it makes it easy. But anyway, I'm I, looking for a Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, we only have an old Ben Kenobi here. Oh, I think that might be him. I liked it better when her hair was long, and then she cut her hair, and I was like, eh. "Did she cut it with a lightsaber?" I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember if she cut it with a lightsaber either. She cauterized her hair. <laughs> this will go, later on. This will go through my chest. Yeah, David Tennant is a good uh, is a good robot. I didn't. It's hard to recognize his voice. Actually, it does a good job disguising it as that character as well. It's but a it's a job. good it's a good degree of like worried and sarcastic. Yes. I like the, he I like plays the, the prissy British character yeah. very well. Yes. Yes. He's not as annoying as C3PO. C3PO going, oh no. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. over the top. Oh my. Ooh. The pantomime robot. <laughs> yeah. I hate you all too. What? what? Seems what's, what's going on? It seems really over the top here with your Yeah. I know they were based on uh, like a were they based on Kurosawa? Characters? Based on a couple of characters, but you know, is I that s- like an impression? I of, saw uh, the, the hidden. One? F- I saw the hidden fortress, mm-hmm. and and I I watched it through the lens of knowing that there were some elements of the film ba- of that movie based on like were were put into Star Wars. But I think it's just the general idea of the film, which is about the rescue of a princess from my from a castle. Okay, and there are two, uh, quote unquote, comedy char- comedy sidekick kind of characters of these two. Two poor, like kind of beggars, mm-hmm. who maybe I can maybe be thieves or whatever, but they're not good. They're not like successful thieves. Let's put it that way. They're like a couple of of you know ding dongs, and they're not robots. But they're not. It's not really. It's it's a kind they're of not like, like robot Krantz and Guildenstein. They're not. Yeah, the one isn't like a one isn't like an effeminate, uh, you know, uh, back, steampunk robot. Yeah, like a, some sort of theater dame of the theater. You know, <laughs> that's oh, the way I kind of would. Yeah, I wouldn't oh. be surprised if that was like the angle they took. I think. Well, I think that's, that's what they're going for. That's a strong comedy angle to go with. Yeah, back yeah, then. yeah. But it's not like that in the Kurosawa. Okay. Uh, Kurosawa. I mean, it has that thing where. When you watch a movie like that, and then someone else goes, and those two characters are like so funny, and they they are okay if you say so. Like it just seemed like they're just two guys hanging around. And you want to say like, show this to me in a room full of people. And you're like in the back going like, hmm. <laughs> no one else is laughing. Okay. I'm glad you find this so amusing. Oh, this is hilarious. This. Oh, what did David say one time? He was in line for a movie, and and uh, and the movie traffic by. Um, Jacques Tati was playing, and someone in line said, "Ah, oh, Jacques Tati, he he just hits my particular funny bone, which made David hate Jacques Tati for the you know." He's, uh, I said, "Well, my uncle's really good." He goes, I, "I, it might be great." I just after I heard that guy say that, I just can't stand the idea of watching one of his movies. <laughs> I said, "Understood." Yep. <laughs> It's the kind of comedy you like if you hate laughing. <laughs> well, that, I acknowledge that yeah. these are jokes. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean, Mon Uncle is a great movie, and then you watch Playtime, and you're like, "Wow, this really is not that funny of a movie." Like, even if it's it's very ambitious, he built an entire city in a in a soundstage. That's pretty impressive. But as far as like comedy, it feels like it's completely overwhelmed by the scope of the of the production. Yeah, I always feel like when you've got 
Shakespeare, and you know, this is one of Shakespeare's comedies, mm-hmm. and that means it ends happy, right? <laughs> That's just what a comedy means. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not, you know, no, it was a, it was a, very, a gut buster. It was, it was very funny back in the day, and I got like, you know what? I bet it was because you're performing for this huge group of people, mm. and if it's not funny, they're not going to go. You know what? Let's cut it some slack. It's like, no, they're not. They're going to be boo. This stinks. <laughs> so you know, you got to actually be funny with your uh, with your work. Mm. You got to. You know, otherwise the audience is going to turn on you and uh, set you on fire. When I was young, back life in the day, life was so logical. Life was so logical, and we had a we had a neighborhood kid who was uh, older than us. He may have been three or four years older than us. Okay. His name was Teddy, and he was performing in a, Min- a Midsummer Night's Dream at the local high school. Okay. So my friend and I went to see this sure. thing. So we were like grade seven, maybe grade seven, I guess seven or eight, and we went to see this play. And you know, and in the middle of the play, there's the 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 play within a play, the bottom performance, stream, yeah. And where they're like the wall and all that kind of stuff in the in the, yeah. and they did it really well. It was really funny, like really funny, like as sort of like as a kid in the audience, they put in lots of physical humor and stuff into it that's not in like because Shakespeare doesn't really describe like what you should be doing in his plays. It's just kind of like full of words. And then it tells you when people exit and enter. That's about it. Sometimes it might say exit with bear. But that's about it, right? Pursued just, by bear. Or pursued by bear, yes. Yeah, sorry. you don't leave with the bear hand <laughs> in hand know. and skip out. You might have, I thought they reached some sort of rapprochement and they left together as friends. That's right. I didn't know. But anyway, so... You know, back then the bears were all played by boys. Is that right? Yeah, that's before they cast actual <laughs> bears in plays. It was a very different time. Very, very different time. I'm surprised at that. Because when I saw Death of the Salesman with that bear playing Willie Loman, yeah, or Low Bear as he was called in the play, yeah, a man is not a piece of fruit. Rawr. <laughs> so. He was liked, but he was not well liked. Mall. <laughs> but I've seen other I've seen other versions of A Midsummer Night's Dream that have done that play within a play, and and it was nowhere near as funny. And I just wonder if like the the director of the play was very good at physical comedy, or he just let the actors add some of their own like stuff to it and it it is but it was really fun like they really had some great things in it and um i've never seen another play that i thought did that as well and this was like a high school performance so it's sometimes sort of weird but i wonder if just not having like not having like a sense of like respect for the tradition of how you actually do that scene (laughs) they just kind of did it their own way and, and and improved it in a way at least for for two boys Two young boys in the audience who are well and truly sick of all the talking. <laughs> yeah. Let's see something. Let's see. Let's look at things for, for a little bit, guys. Puck's a good character for high school kids. He basically comes out and goes, I'm going to fuck shit up. And everyone's like, yeah, you do it. He you, does, but he says it in a very roundabout you, way. You, you fuck shit up. Yeah. And at the end, he just goes, listen, I'm really sorry for fucking shit up. <laughs> are we all cool with it? We're all cool? We're fine. All right, all everything's right. fine? Every- all right, we're all good. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see... Uh, like a, uh, if you're doing a spinoff, a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern style yeah. spinoff, uh, or dead uh, style spinoff, yeah, yeah. Uh, would be um, the make the theater company from Midsummer Night's Dream the same theater company from Hamlet, yeah. And like this, they just have these two <laughs> touring like... things they've done. Who <laughs> who is booking us for these shows? <laughs> Quick. Send it. We don't have telegrams. Write a letter to our agent and ask him what the heck he's doing. What do you do though? Do you start with the one where like everyone in the kingdom dies except for the theater? Yeah, yeah. Right? That's when you start with. 
And you go like, boy, that's the weirdest show we've ever done. <laughs> and then you go in. I bet there's no way we're ever going to do a weirder show. You know what? Yeah. I don't even want to. I don't want to do shows in the city anymore. Let's <laughs> go. I'm just doing. Woods. I'm doing forest shows. <laughs> you know, everything's going to be just fine. Then yeah. you go and it's just like, fuck, man, I got turned into a donkey. <laughs> I know. What a time. I mean, at least that sprite came up and apologized to us at the end. Did he? It felt like more of a, I'm sorry you felt that way kind of apology. And I didn't want to like piss him off and say I don't accept it. Yeah. That's rough. Anyway, I'm gonna, we got a book to, for an island show. You know, what's that? There's a guy named Prospero. He says uh, that would be pretty good. That's right. They just end up cast away on a different island. Got caught. They got caught in the storm, but didn't end up on the island. They got yeah. cast and you know away who like island. sent them on that uh, storm with the witches from Macbeth. Mm. You know they were like uh, that when they're talking about like oh, s- no. smashing up the ship. That was uh, that was what, and that ended up with them over there. Sure, sure. That's the Shakespeare. How many other ones can we like tie into this now? <laughs> yeah, pretty the, good. The yes, you. I like it. Um, we had a stressful uh, morning two mornings ago. You did? Yeah. What happened? Uh, I'll tell you. Um, so so what happened was uh, we have a basement in this place that we live in. We are sitting in it right We're at We're sitting moment. in the basement. And then uh, if you want to know where the equipment is for stealing it. We're painting pictures with words. Yes. So you can steal our word paint. <laughs> and then, you know, there's two, there's two floors above us. Okay. So each of those floors has a fire alarm on it. Uh, and we okay. got a weird system where... Okay, so here's what happens. So it's uh, it's like about maybe four thirty five in the morning, okay. and uh, the loudest screeching you've ever heard okay. is like, you know, fire, 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 yeah, yeah. fire, fire. Yeah. But it means the batteries are low, which it should be. <laughs> should batteries be, are low. Yeah, it should be more like I think ours goes like beep. It beeps, but it beeps at like this weird like long interval. That's fine. Yeah, like it's not great. Like it feels like it beeps on the hour. Sure, sure, sure. That's so you just, fine. Like you're walking by and it goes beep, and you're like, "Oh, is it batteries gone?" Yeah. So, uh, like, oh god damn it! And it's just like, <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah. being tortured, yeah. and like for your own good. So it's the it's one of those where like it's just just I can just sort of reach it if I jump as high as possible and bounce yeah. off a wall, yeah. boom, <laughs> hit the thing. I'm like, all right, white men can jump. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, I gotta take the fucking battery out of this. But I think it also set off the other two uh, yeah. alarms as well because yeah. they're all sort of connected. Sure. So, long story short, what we've got to do then is we've got to turn off the power in yeah. the house. Okay. Uh, you know, when it's still dark out. That's mm. nice. Uh, turn off the power in the house. Yeah. Then uh, disconnect all of the all of the fire uh, alarms. Because they got both a battery and they're powered, like they're plugged in as well. Yes. With a little plug that's just a son of a bitch to like attach. Like it doesn't click in well. Okay. Like you're really lucky to be able to do it. So yeah, we had to like go through all three of the alarms, detach, take the batteries out, hit the button to drain the power uh, 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 of the last little bit of juice it had. And we need to get batteries. And we had to get batteries at like five in the morning, like which would be annoying. Yeah. But... We could go to the Seven Eleven. Oh right, it just got destroyed, so it's gone. Yeah. So there's no Seven Eleven here. So we basically had to wait till eight for batteries to be delivered from uh, Walmart. 
Okay. So that was that was nice. Huh. Had to like uh, be kind of powerless there. So yeah, then you had to put the batteries in. Like we when we did it before, we didn't realize we thought we could just replace one battery, but you can't. Yeah. You have to replace all of the batteries. Okay. Because uh, if you just replace one battery, then the other alarms just go off and go nuts. They all start. They start screaming, even though that their batteries are fine. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, all power off. Detach all of them uh, on all three floors. Uh, batteries, new batteries in. In the dark, try to get that plug in. Screw it back in. Do the same thing for the other two. And then just like hope for the best when you turn the power on and like hit the button that they're all going to do their thing. And uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was it was so much. <sighs> and the only way to test test is also then like each one of them gets tested by them like being going through a full cycle of everything that could go wrong yeah carbon monoxide <laughs> carbon monoxide oh so it is both it's both a carbon monoxide detector Spray. and a yeah that's right detector. or it's just so lying it's to me and yelling mm. but it, there's no way of turning the volume down so we were just like screeching headaches and uh yeah it was just uh, not a great way to start the day <laughs> was there a day two days ago oh that's, yeah. that's not nice Ooh. like just i don't like it's, it's an alarm is fine just yeah. like have it on the ceiling. Have it go beep, beep, beep. When it's time to change the batteries, mm. I'll change the batteries. We're great. Yeah. I don't need them all linked up in, in a union. <laughs> well, I guess, the, I mean, they should be linked up because you need to hear it. Where the, if you're upstairs in the third floor and there's a fire down here, yeah. you don't want this one r- ringing and you can't hear it upstairs. I don't think that would be a problem with the volume that it was <laughs> You think it would wake you up no matter what? Yeah, that's possible. In fact, I've got a gentle beep that's here. I believe it's code that they're all at. They're By the way, we have a burglar alarm here. And and when something is is amiss yes. or you know what have you, mm. it'll do a beep beep. And it just does this little beep beep. So it means like a door is open or something? Something. Something's, yeah, yeah. something's amiss. And <laughs> I can hear it anywhere in the house. Like yeah. it's, it's not super loud. It's not like, yeah. oh, my ears are bleeding. Yeah. But it's like. It's just such a weird noise that you're like, oh, that's okay. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Go take care of it. I think. Well, speaking for myself, right? I would, I would need a screaming, you know, a screaming. Uh, Do you wake up easily or not? No, I don't wake up easily. That's at right. All. But, no, but luckily, nothing you, will wake me. You're in love with someone who wakes up at the drop of a feather. Yes, <laughs> yes. I have uh, evolutionarily married uh, the right person. You know, just for my own, my own safety. My, my. My sense of my sense of survival directed me towards Lisa. Oh, speaking of family things, uh, happy that's birth- not the only reason. Yeah, happy happy birthday to uh, your Mary? co-host on uh, <laughs> Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. Oh, thanks. We uh, had dinner together last night. Was it a birthday dinner? Or it was a birthday a- dinner. Yes, it was a birthday dinner because Lisa is uh, away today. She had to drive up into the interior for some horse-related things, and so we couldn't do it tonight. So we did it last night. And yeah, it's good to see the girls. And in fact, yesterday day, we had Lisa had an adventurous day because, as you know, she's had trouble with her eye. Right. She had an operation last year for for cataracts, and a rank amateur doctor, a doctor who was filling in for the regular surgeon there, um, he put the lens in wrong, and so it went. What a nightmare! Angled it angled weirdly, oh and then it's God. touching the retina. And so she can't see out of that eye very well, and so light bothers her a lot, and she, she has trouble driving at night. She can't read anymore. Well, she has to relearn to read, because this is, I'm going to interrupt the story. To say, and again, she's a teacher. And she's a teacher, yes. Um, I think she's okay there, because most kids write fairly large, so she's okay with that. But, but she has to read books, right? Like, there's things. Things she has Other to read, Other things yeah. as a teacher yeah. she has to read. 
And here's the weird thing, though. Like, we were talking about this. Like, I was kind of like, well, like, wh- like, would it be better for you if... Like, I was thinking, like, getting her an e-reader that she could, like, increase the font size right. to, like, something large enough that would be easier for her to read. And, and then... Uh, but she said when she used to read, um, she would look at a page and she would read that block of print in one look. That's how she read. Mm-hmm. Like when I read, I read like line, line, line. You know, I just read down the page. Okay. But she didn't read like that. She would just read in just as one giant block. And she says, so I guess I'll have to relearn to read because I can't do that anymore with the way my eyes work now. And I was like, I've never heard of that before. I've never heard of someone reading mm-hmm. in that way. Uh, so I guess question of the week, how do you read? Mm. Do, do you, is, that, is that like a familiar thing to you? Do you read that way? It never occurred to me that people would read differently than other people. You know, Did like, you ever try speed reading? Uh, no, I never did. I'm a pretty fast reader anyway, so it didn't really make sense to me to mm. to, to have to speed it up. That thing where someone's looking at a page, flip. And yeah. One. Flip. That's how Elisa reads. Mm. And, but it's naturally, it's not something that she learned. And yeah, for me, I don't know, I, don't, I never, it never occurred to me to make reading into like a job, you know, so I, I read for pleasure, so I really don't care how long it takes me to, to make my way through it, but I'm a pretty fast reader anyway. Do you read, when you read, do you have a voice in your head reading? Is there a voice saying things? Yeah, I guess so. Just me reading. When you're reading uh, fiction, do you have but I, but different I do voices for the characters? Not, not really. I don't think so. Okay. I have different feelings for the characters, but not not necessarily a different voice. But I def- I definitely picture what's happening. Like I always have like an image of of this situation. Um, but I don't know. It's interesting. I have to read, I guess, and because I never. Because, you know, you just read, you don't, you know, you learned to read a long time ago and that's how you read. So you don't really think about it. Yeah, the most reading I ever did was was when I was taking um, these uh, speech classes and, and part of it was reading out loud. Okay. And so I'd be reading and while I'm reading, I'm actually reading ahead. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking at different words, especially words that would trip you up. Yeah. And yeah. so while you're, while you're reading about the magician's nephew, you're uh, way ahead of it. Like looking at, you know, his, yeah. uh, his uh, assistant, Corsual Flicks, yeah. showed up. So you don't do the thing where you're going word by word by word and then get to it. Gar, 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 gar. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're like, okay, this is my assumption now. Here we go. Let's take a shot. Yeah. When I read to the girls, that's what I would do as well. Mm-hmm. I would be reading. My eyes would be ahead of where I, my voice was, you know, just for the same just for the same reason. And also you can keep, you can turn the page and you're still reading. Yeah. You know, so you, there's no, no. Break they would like there. spring some Shakespeare on us or C- uh, C.S. Lewis was a constant. Wow. You know, they, they bring that up and like just flick randomly to a page, read me this page. Huh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and yeah, so it was, it was strange then when I was like reading, reading, because mm. I'd actually almost have like a Doppler effect in my head because I would be, re- I would be reading with the voice in my head the words but i'd also then be reading ahead of where the voices in my head were reading so i'm i'm do i've kind of split my head in two yeah and i'm reading both things at the same time yeah yeah i don't do that maybe not the healthiest thing in the world <laughs> yeah i never i don't know if it's not healthy or not healthy but it doesn't sound very much fun it was exercise <laughs> like it made reading it made reading work like mm. it made reading like you know you're training for like some sport i'm like okay i'll i'll, I'll do this and then yeah then so, of course I'm doing scenes from like you know Shylock or whatever. Yeah. And like, why am I doing this? I'm a kid. You shouldn't have a kid to do. Were there were there adults in the class as well though? No, it was all children. 
Uh, well, okay. Here's how it went. I was taking like uh, uh, private lessons in speech. Oh, okay. So okay. while I was training in that, then uh, once a year or twice a year, someone from Trinity College of London would come in and like grade us all. Mm. And uh, and there you go. And then you know, I was like, I think I'm uh, still a year away from a teaching degree, and I was a year away from a teaching degree when I was 16. Okay. So when it was time to go to college, I actually was very close to being able to. Uh, teach the course that I was taking. I was like basically six months away. If uh, if I wanted to, I could have been teaching that course. Huh? Yeah. In speech. In speech. Yeah. yeah. Speech cool. and drama. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah. So yesterday I drove Lisa into Vancouver because uh, I just know with her sight right now she's not not comfortable driving in. So I took the day off work and and we drove in for the morning and she went in and she had an ultrasound on her eye. Right. Which I've I. You know, you're just kind of guess. We we're, were guessing, like, how how are they gonna do it? Like, she's like, she was so worried. She's like, are they gonna put like the the ultrasound right on my eyeball? Do you think? And I was like, no, no. I mean, like when they're looking mm-hmm. at a broken bone or something, they don't like cut open the skin. They can they can just they can see through. Well, that's not how an ultrasound works. Yeah, it wouldn't cut the skin. Yeah, the whole point is its surface. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they're not gonna do that with the eye, right? They're not gonna. So they, but they might put it on the surface they of could, the eye. They, they could see through your eyelid though. Like that's not gonna need to. I don't know. You know what? Listen, I'll just tell but you I'll this. I'll tell you right now. Okay. I know the answer. So. All right. I want to know. The, I, do, I do want to know the answer. But I remember once upon a time when I was like having trouble and I was actually kind of, uh, there was a real chance of me going blind in one eye. Yeah. And I went to uh, an op- optometrist, not optometrist, ophthalmologist. Yeah. And uh, they were like, okay, so we're going to give you a shot. And I thought, oh, some kind of, because I'd, I'd, I'd gone into the hospital and they'd run like some uh, colored liquids through my veins and somehow that showed them what's what okay and i was like okay that's fine but they shot that into my arm yeah yeah Uh, so i'm like oh it's another shot and it's going to relax my muscles or whatnot and into the eye it goes huh yeah they i was like there's no way they're going to put a needle in my eye and yeah they gave me a couple eye drops i'm like well i guess this will i guess this will numb it nope so yeah, uh, it, and they just did it, and like yeah, my my hand I think like might have hit the guy because it just flexed because I'm getting a needle in my eye. <laughs> like they're not gonna do this. Well, they did that. Holy uh-huh. shit! And then like through the rest of the day, I'm like walking around just going like they 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 put a needle in my eye. <laughs> like I they, you just couldn't like, process it. It yeah. was just like this is the. Did it hurt your eye? Yeah. So your yeah, because someone put a needle in my yeah, eye. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it hurt about as much as someone putting a needle in your eye. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So, so uh, that's my thing is like, I'm thinking whatever they did, yeah. they could have done it. And so there's nothing wrong with like, the idea of like rolling something on the surface of the eye yeah. does not disturb me as much. And by the way, at this point in my life, I've had eye surgery. So I've actually had my eye numbed and I've had them do things yeah. where I'm like, huh, I'm smelling my eye burning <laughs> as they peel something back and do this. Sorry to be like triggering people if they're listening. Um, you know, I've been through that and that was okay. But yeah, it was, uh, it was like, they're not going to do this. Oh, they did do that. Oh, weird. As someone who finds eyeballs delicious, uh, you are triggering me. Okay. Please, um, uh, please tell me what, uh, an ultrasound of an eye. Yeah. So, is. so yeah, they did, they but didn't, my uh, eye is fine now. So whatever they did worked. <laughs> they didn't put a needle into her eye. They did, they put some freezing in her eye by putting some liquid in. And that, I guess, was to, to numb it a little bit, but it, I don't think it worked. But then they take like a reservoir, like a plastic, plastic river, reservoir, and they put it over your eye. Yeah. And then they fill that with water. Yeah. And then they just put the ultrasound into the water. Okay. And then it they can read from there. Oh, all right. And I was in the room when this was happening. And so I was looking at the screen and you're thinking, oh, I guess I'll see your eyeball now. But it's basically like, you don't know what the heck you're looking at. Because it's just a bunch of like weird shapes, like 
just kind of like lines on a black screen, like white lines on a black black screen, and you're just kind of looking at it. You're just kind of like, oh, I don't know what I'm seeing, but the and you're yelling focus. They they do because the guy was like saying he had an assistant there, and he's like he's like looking around. And he goes, okay, uh, six. So she writes writes down six, and then he's like nine, <laughs> and then he had her like look up, look down, and look then he to goes, side to side, six nine, nice, <laughs> sixty nine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he winks at you, and you're like, <laughs> "Don't, don't bring me into this." <laughs> no, I would give him a thumbs up. I would give him something. I'm with you, brother. Um, so then, so yeah, so she, so and then they just, you know, used Kleenex and, and get the water out of the the reservoir, and then they took it away. But what's interesting was when they put the water in her eye, like water in the reservoir, her hands immediately like clutched across her stomach. I thought, oh, that hurt because she said, "Yeah, it was quite painful." The water in the eye. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So okay. I don't know if it's like the pressure pushing down your eye. Oh, okay. And then, um, or even if it's just the reservoir sit, sitting against your eye. Oh. But then, so then that was done. So then we, and I think in Lisa's mind, we were just going there for the ultrasound and that was it. But then they're like, okay, you're going to go downstairs and see doc, the doctor who's the retinal speci- specialist. So we went down, back down there. We'd been there before. And so we went down and, and waited there. And then he... Uh, Lisa went in for a consultation, and I think it's good news because he's decided that they're going to do surgery okay. on her eye because he feels like if they just leave it where it is, it's going to ulcerate. It's going to like start to infect around the retina, and which will cause even more problems. So they're just going to nip it in the bud. Okay, that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> nip it in the butt, and you don't want any nipping in your eye. <laughs> and uh, take care of it uh, sooner than later. And uh, so that that was good news. So she comes out and she's like, "Okay, well, we're all good." And I'm like, "Okay, great, great." So then we we left and we go out to where we we had a great found a great parking space. It was a really busy area uh, when we went back out. Like there's cars lined up on the road. Everyone's trying to get find parking, and we had like a great spot. So then we got in the car. And someone saw us, and so they immediately like pulled up, you know, waiting for yeah. us to leave. And we're sitting there, and just and I started the car, and we're about to go, and then the phone rings, and it's the doctors, and they're like, "Is Lisa there?" I said, "Oh yeah." She goes, the "Lady goes, oh well, we're not finished yet. She has to fill out some forms." I'm like, "Oh, okay." So we turn it off. Have to say to the guy, "Sorry, we're still staying." Yeah. So then we had to go back inside. And Lisa had to fill out a bunch of forms. You got to be really careful, by the way, in that parking lot because it's all people with eye problems. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You make, you don't know. Just like they're gonna smash right into you. Like be <laughs> yeah. real careful. Be careful. So then we, um, yeah. So she filled out the stuff. Then she comes back and she goes, "Okay, we can go." So we we left and we were gonna go to this restaurant. Yeah. Ring so. ring. What's that? Oh, we got a timeshare thing. We want you to. Oh no. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so then we're driving. We're about four blocks away from the from the hospital. Phone rings. <gasps> There's the answer it. This the, the doctor's office again. They're like, "Huh? Oh, is Lisa there?" I said, "Yeah." She goes, "Did you leave?" We're like, "Yeah." I said, oh, Lisa has to fill out the permission forms. <laughs> like, oh, gee. So then we had to turn back around, go all the way back to the hospital. Well, not to the hospital, but to now, the Now, let me just ask you this much. Are those forms, when she's filling them out, in front of her? Yeah. And they're just in front of her bad eye. And, like, she's not <laughs> seeing that they're there. Like, they keep putting stuff in front no, of that weird. eye. They gave it to her. Because that's a classic mistake for the eye doctor. I don't know why they just didn't give her all of the paperwork all to the fill paperwork. out. All the paperwork. But they just gave her like the Ugh. like the information stuff to fill out, like, you know, Damn. previous operations and other illnesses and yeah, yeah, concerns yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And then... Who do you think's the best James Bond? Who do you think's the best James Bond? Yeah. Uh, that was a question, actually. And then um, I said... Uh, oh, I can't also... That joke went out the window. Anyway, forget it. It wasn't even a joke. It was a stupid David comment. Niven? 
Not David Niven. Woody Allen? No, it's free. He didn't even play James Bond. He played Jimmy Bond. Yeah, that's different. Same name. <laughs> um, so, uh, I was going to say, oh, no, forget it. Was it going to be the American James Bond? Were you going to go with that one? No, no, I was going to go with the guy that we were talking about a little while ago being up for James Bond. I was going to say, like, just preemptively. declare. No, no, uh, that Aaron. No, Idris Elba was never seriously considered because he's too old for the role. Aaron Brockovich? Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think his name is. Okay. A kick-ass guy. Anyway, so then um, we, uh, yeah, so we had to go all the way back to the hospital. And then by that point, of course, this, all bets are off. There's no parking available. So I found, like, a courtesy place, like a drop-off spot. And I just pulled in there, parked, and Lisa went in and filled out the forms and came out. And that was that. Sure it was. That was that. Sure it was. <laughs> but after that, we went to a really good restaurant, mm. which is here in town called Jam. Mm, yes. Have you been there? Yes. Really good. Yep. I was super impressed. I ordered an Arnold Palmer and it was great. Mm. It was really good. And then I ordered... Happy to go with, to you with, for Jam anytime. <laughs> I, well, I'm going tomorrow with the girls. All right. Because I was telling them how good it was. They're like, oh, we should go on tomorrow or on Saturday. And I was like, I'm in. Uh, Lisa's away, so... The cats will play. Our friend uh, David... The cats will play, I said, not the mice. Our friend David Fine has yeah. many a picture of him uh, online with his... Oh, okay, meals. okay. Yeah, I got the... It was a... Uh, I think it's called like the... No, I can't remember what it's called. The Buffalo Blue Benny. Mm. So it's a Eggs Benedict, but it comes with buffalo chicken with cr- uh, crumbled blue cheese on top and pickled cabbage. Okay. Really good. With soft-boiled eggs and... Uh, yeah, terrific. And Lisa just got like a regular... Just a regular garden variety eggs Benedict. Right. Best she's ever had. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I recommend it. There's two in town. Just don't go on Saturday because we're going. <laughs> yeah. There's don't one, clog uh, it up. Don't clog it up. There's one, I think, uh, on commercial, right? Is that correct? Uh, it's on West 4th. Okay. West 4th. Up, just up from Sophie's Cosmic Cafe. Yeah. And then there's one on Beatty Street. Oh, okay. Uh, there used, it used to be on commercial, I think. Oh, okay. Let me uh, let me double check this. I don't want to. Might have been maybe when they had a single. uh, Yeah, I don't want to call you a liar. Well, you can, but since I was there, I know exactly where where it was. I was sitting in it, so. uh... Okay, well, again, I don't want to call you a liar. Uh, Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of uh, the jam jar. That was my mistake. Okay. okay. My error. Yeah, not the jam jar. This is jam. Just jam. Buzzy destination for big brunch plates. That's yeah. what they say. Okay. All right. That yeah, was good. I like a buzzy destination. I like a big uh, right there. I'm taking a picture of that screen. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when we're going to get there tomorrow. Uh, Eve has a Eve has a date with a fella, so she's going to be. Um, uh, he lives around. He lives somewhere over in this area or okay. over that way somewhere. So she's, and he's not coming to the meal. He's not. He's not coming to the meal. It's not but, a meet the parents. But she has a she has a meet up with him after, mm-hmm. and so she's going to coordinate us going to jam is with with her with her meetup so i don't want to call it a date you just did i don't want to presume okay that it's a date i'm calling it a meetup all right maybe that's the dad in me who can't quite deal with reality okay (laughs) is she going uh when her uh Uh, her her time with you guys is that also a meetup us yeah i would call it more of a get together oh okay so what's the difference between a meetup and a get together it might be more kissing (laughs) (laughs) let's not let's not go there okay Let's not go there, but let's uh, a meet up. Yeah, a get together. How about a hangout? Yeah, a hangout's different again. How about a hullabaloo? That's totally unrelated. Okay. Yeah, that's more of a folk thing, I think. Was that a TV show? Well, that's a Hootenanny, actually. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was hullabaloo a... was a TV show. Oh, was there ever a show called Hootenanny? There was a show called Hootenanny. There was a show called Hootenanny and there was a show called Hullabaloo. Yes. Were they similar shows? No, because Hootenanny is a folk thing. Okay. It's a folk, like a, a get together to play folk songs. It's a Hootenanny. 
Whereas oh, a, I thought that was like a country thing. I was no, not like no. getting it for a. If I said they were getting it for a hoot nanny, I'm expecting like a hee haw type. Situation. Yeah, no, it was more. It was more of a folk thing. All right. And then uh, Hullabaloo. Hullabaloo was a. It was a like a pop show, like a rock slash pop show. Well, then let me ask you this question. I'm going to keep sure. asking you questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, take your mind off your daughter dating. Um, so Hullabaloo. <laughs> yeah. How would that be different from Top of the Pops? Well, Hullabaloo or is... an American Bandstand. I'm putting those three shows in a sure. row. Sure. Well, Hullabaloo. Differentiate them for me. Here's the thing. In the days when there was regional music, Hullabaloo was based in L.A. American Bandstand was based in Philadelphia. And Top of the Pops was based in London. But there was also Ready Steady Go, as well as Top of the Pops in, in London. And there was other... Before there was Ready Steady Go, there were other shows that existed okay. that were there for... Like, One more uh, question. Sure. Uh, maybe there'll be follow-up questions. Okay. Did any of them sing live or were they... Uh, were, were they lip sync? Because I feel like American Bandstand was lip sync. Lip sync? Yeah. When I saw Chilliwack on uh, American Bandstand, it was like, that's... Uh, when that's it's, when the song fades and they're still singing along to it? Yeah. That's a true, true test. Um, when you hear the DJ's voice mm, coming out of their mouth. Yeah. Ready, City Go, I believe that the singers had the option to sing live, but it, it was always a recorded backing track. And often the recording backing track was done uh, at the studio. So you were playing to a new backing track. It wasn't the original song's backing track. Now, that was your choice, though. But I read somewhere that I believe it was the uh, British group Brins- Brinsley Schwartz who did have like their own mixing desk because they had like a they had an outdoor rec- recording studio at their at their country estate no at their place they lived at uh, and so they convinced Top of the Pops to let them bring it into the studio and then just live mix their their performance using their own mixing desk mm-hmm. and so I think that was a case where they played live but I think for the most part on those shows but there were shows like there, there was a show called the Old Grey Whistle Test don't ask me why it was called that it was, but it was a British hmm. rock show in the seventies and I've watched like um judy sill the great american folk singer sing on that show and i it seems live to me like it feels like it's live it doesn't feel like it's something that she's she's doing and there's like stuff like joan joni mitchell like live at the bbc and it's live yeah like literally live it's not so i think just like those shows where you had bands like coming in off of tours and stuff like that where it would be hard to to organize you know like a whole show of like one performance by one group and then another performance by another group to have them all like Making the audience wait around while you re rejig everything and get. I do stuff. remember, like, okay, so I used to, uh, again, I would skip out of school whenever possible. And one of the things that I would do would be to go to tapings at uh, BCTV, British Columbia Television. Yes. Uh, in Burnaby. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, at Lake City. What's that? Is it? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, and they'd have bands on there. Mm-hmm. And I do remember, like, I saw, God, I saw so much Burton Cummings. So much Burton Cummings. <laughs> well, and I, Stantall. And I do, I did hear him sing Stantall. And he'd have the piano there and he'd be, uh, you know, uh, for dolls you can look like a woman tonight. Like, what's this song about? I don't know. You'll understand it in years. Uh, but he was singing. He was singing, yeah. Like, you yeah. could, you know why? Because you could feel him singing. Okay. Like, you could feel that guy who's like, you know, 15 feet from you and yeah. like, I can feel the vibrations from that guy's voice wow that guy's got pipes yeah holy cow yeah yeah he was a he was very impressive and then you'd go over and he'd be quite funny on panel yes he's very good he was happy to be there mm-hmm. burton cummings like was like all right he was a performer he's in his wheelhouse he's, he's got a bunch of jokes he's gonna do his uh, gordon lightfoot impression <laughs> enjoy it if i was gonna compare him to someone who's much more successful uh but is comparable to me in like 
temperament would be Paul McCartney. Okay. In that they're both performers and they like to perform. You know, like Paul McCartney is like lives to perform. Yeah. You know, like I think he was of all the Beatles, he was the one that was least happy with the end of touring and was more, you know, and it was basically the instigator of the whole let it be thing because he wanted to play live again, you know, and he wanted to have that back and forth that thrill of performing for a live yeah. audience and having that feedback, you know. And he almost seems to be game on talk shows for like why don't you go perform at a pub and surprise people? Why don't you go busk outside of a subway? Why don't yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you perform yeah, on the just, roof? He's like a natural ham, and yeah. Burton Cummings is the same. He's just like a big ham, it, you know. And why wouldn't you be if, like, you know, <laughs> you're that everyone loves it when you do this? <laughs> yeah, thing. yeah. I don't mean that. I mean, but some people don't. Some people like to sing, but they don't want. They don't actually like. Like a feed, they want feedback. Yeah, if from you it. said to Bob Dylan, "Hey, why don't you busk outside of this subway <laughs> until people yeah. realize it's Bob Dylan?" Yeah, yeah, no, like, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm like no, you're right. But no. Paul McCartney would be, "Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right, yeah, It'd be fun." He'd see the fun of it. Yeah, there's Bob Dylan. Time. It wouldn't be a fun yeah, idea. He'd put on him. glasses and a little mustache and go, and Paul mm-hmm. would be game. Mm-hmm. Like how to get Paul McCartney to do that? I don't know. Left the door open, and then he walked through it, and he went, "I'll, I'll do it." And it's like, yeah. good, good for you. Oh, like Bob Dylan is all about maintaining a mystique. You know, like there's there's a sense of unknowingness to Bob Dylan. You know, like even like a book like Chronicles, which is like purports to be like his life story. It just continues the myth- his own self-mythologizing, you know, and that's all, all he ever did. Like he never, like the stuff we know about him now, no one knew about him through most of the 60s. Mm-hmm. Like people didn't know he came from Hibbard, Minnesota. People, they thought he told people he, came, he worked in a circus growing up. And that's what they printed. They literally printed that. Sure. You know, he talked about performing with rock and rollers and people printed those things. Some of it was true. Some of it was, was out, outlandish fabrications, you know. But he just created this mystique about himself. And no one ever, ever said, you know what? You're a big fat liar. <laughs> they, just fell, they just fell into this idea of how interesting it is that he mythologizes himself and mythologizes who he is, you know. Like someone like <clears throat> Peter Stamfel at the Holy Motor Rounders has talked about, you know, they were concurrent on the stages around Greenwich Village in the folk days. And he talks about how funny Bob Dylan was on stage. Like just what a hilarious person he was, mm-hmm. you know, in his act and in his, like not as just his songs, but in the way he performed and the, what he did, like his business on stage. There's a lot of like comedy in it. But as he became more famous, he just dropped all that because that didn't fit the mystique that he was, you know, he wanted to build for himself. And it's really interesting. Like even today, like I think, hardly any of us really know Bob Dylan. Like you, you have to like, yeah. you have to learn about him. Like you have to be interested in Bob Dylan. You have in order to be to in know. the traveling world worries. You have to be, you have to be able part of the never ending tour. I mean, that's what he's been on for the last yeah. 30 years was what he calls the never ending. Well, tour. it's nice when you, again, when you saw the Wilburys together, you were just like, Oh, they're having a nice time. <laughs> like you can tell that yeah, like yeah. these guys are just goofing off yeah, and yeah. having a laugh yeah. and the backstage. It's like when I see, you know, footage of like Jerry Seinfeld and Gary Shandling and Kevin Nealon and all these guys like backstage for like a Judd Apple documentary or whatever. And just like, Oh, they're all pals. Mm-hmm. They all been through the thing. And there's just, Gaffigan and like they're all oh, they all know each other and sure. it's all fine there's yeah. Carol Leifer and it's all fine <laughs> and it's like yeah. it's, I'm sure it's the same thing they've all they've all seen a lot of the same things and here but we go yeah it's funny but it, it, but even there like like when people talked about the Beatles in the 60s their assumption was John Lennon Bob Dylan those are the two people that will meet and mesh which wasn't the case they're both super uptight around each other and had a hard time like being in each other's company. Mm. It was George Harrison who became a friend of, of Bob Dylan. And, you know, and, and for, you know, obviously in Traveling Wilbur- Wilburys, this kept that 
friendship for years and years, you know. Uh, even when, you know, uh, Bob became like a crazy Christian, they still kept being friends. It's just like with the Justice League. You think like, hey, Martian Manhunter and Superman will be friends. They basically have the same powers. They really get along. They'll be able yeah, yeah. to talk about yeah. No, like Superman just wants to hang out with Batman. Batman? What's he got in common with Batman? Batman's got no powers at yeah, all. Yeah. And like, you know, he's a he's a farm boy and he's a rich city guy. <laughs> and yet they're the best of friends. It's the exact same thing. Opposites attract, I guess. Uh, uh, opposites attract. No one can hang out with Wonder Woman. She's just too... Uh, on her own island. Too, <laughs> also, she's got the lasso of truth, and you don't want to have to like say no, what no, you you're don't thinking. Want to accidentally touch it. Oops. Yeah, just like whoops. You know, when Wonder Woman's <laughs> around, that's the last time you want to like be speaking your mind. She does not forget <laughs> or forgive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I just found that fascinating about um, Bob Dylan. Like, he, you know, like he's like he owns like an incredible amount of real estate. He owns, he owns malls. You know, like it's just all these things about his character, like that. Or outside of how we think of him, you know, like you know, when you think of you know, when you look at this guy, like kind of hunched over, wearing a hoodie, you know, with his sunglasses and his stubble, and you're not thinking like, oh, real estate mogul. <laughs> but you know, he's just kind of carefully created this image, and also like he's got like kids, mm-hmm. he has a bunch of kids, and they all love him. They think he's great. Yeah, he's he's dad. Mm-hmm. And that's another way that you can't think of him. You can't think of Bob Dylan as dad. Yeah. You know, he's like... Brush your teeth. <laughs> Did you do your homework? Yeah. Uh, uh, get back. Then off that set. And that's funny. And then that's another part of it, too. Like, when you're doing that kind of voice of Bob Dylan, you're doing the 60s Bob Dylan. Yeah. Because he stopped singing that way in the 70s. And... All right, you do the later Bob Dylan. <laughs> hey, Dad, close your robe. No. <laughs> it's my home. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's uh, I mean, and, and you know the fact that he didn't perform live from what sixty seven, sixty six, sixty seven till seventy four, so seven years out of the limelight, unseen by anyone mm. except for his appearance at um, at uh, the uh, at the Bangladesh concert, and I think he did a thing for Phil Oaks as well for a fundraiser for for uh, for something to do with I think it was something to do with Chile. The country chili, not the foods. <laughs> See a benefit for for chili, uh, but yes, I, I married I married into a Chilean family. Yes, you did. So, so. I, I do know the difference. <laughs> but I said, and here's the difference: I don't like chili. You don't like chili, but I like Chile. Okay, I like the people, I like I the people of Chile. Chile. Well, most of them. Yeah. You know what? There's a couple of stinkers in the bunch. <laughs> you're not. There a, was a dictator as well. I was going to say you're not a you're not a fan of the no dictator. no. And trust me. Either are they. This is that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm glad they made uh, they made a nice uh, person who I married. So okay, there you go. at least half. Props to them. And good for Finland for covering the other half of that. <laughs> um, yeah. So it is. It is. Yeah. He's, he interests me, Bob Dylan. I'm endlessly fascinated. When I was a kid, I didn't like him at all. But uh, for some, when I worked at the record store, I, I listened to Highway 61 revisited and went. Oh, I was completely wrong about this person. Because <laughs> this is really brilliant. So, yeah, you just have to. What you, did you think of the movie where all those people played him? I thought it was great. Okay. I, I really like that it, film. Yeah. It looked like yeah. an interesting idea. Yeah, it's a great idea. And uh, Kate Blanchett does a great job as the 60s Bob Dylan. Just really gets... Because, you know, she has that wiry, that thin wiriness of that time period, you know, that it'd be hard for a, a man to play. Because you just... not Not many men are that razor or that wire thin uh, you know the speed the speed freak bob dylan you know yeah he's great 
Bob Dylan's great, everyone, just so you know that. All right, you've heard it here first. <laughs> no one else is. And I'm going no to continue to like, like him unless he goes electric, in which case, boo! Judas! Boo, how dare you <laughs> pick up and do electricity? We don't, we're a lot of in this my, audience. I'm going to get my axe and cut the cut the electric cable. Did someone do that? Uh, Pete Seeger took it, wanted to do that. He was going to go get an axe and and cut the electric <laughs> supply to the stage. And someone said, no, Pete, uh, so calm, he didn't? calm down. So close, but no seeker. Close. <laughs> Correct. Thanks. <laughs> I'm very, very happy with myself there. Very... Glad you are. When I was driving here today, okay. this biker passed me of all, all the gold. Now, are you saying bicyclist or nope, motorcyclist? a biker. That is a, motor, that is a person on a motorcycle. Okay. And he's wearing a jacket, a leather jacket. What do you call a person who rides a, a bicycle? Then? A bicyclist or a cyclist. Bic- a cyclist. Yeah. A biker is different. You wouldn't call someone a bicyclist. That's too much. Well, yeah, that was too much. I realized after I said it, they went, no, a cyclist. You call them a cyclist. Okay. A biker is not a person who rides a a bicycle. That's a person who, like, you know, is involved in illicit drugs and (laughs) and has has a a clubhouse. And, well, I'm just, listen, these are like like facts you can look up. Like, there's a reason why these people are losing their clubhouses uh, to to the government for, for, you know, proceeds of crime, uh, you know. So, yeah. Anyway, okay. This biker passed me by on the the road, and, and I no, I'm not upset about him passing me. Okay. But what gall? But anyway, he passed me by, and on the back of his jacket, he had like a skull. Yeah, a skull, because he's a biker. All right. So are they the baddies? Who? The Do you know that sketch? You don't know that sketch? That's fine. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a link to that sketch later. Okay. And then uh, it's a Michelin Web sketch. You'll enjoy it. So. Um, well, I'll just say something else about that in a second. But okay. on the back of his jacket, it, it, above the skull, it said sinister. I just thought, that's a little on the nose. Like, if you're, you just have the skull, and we get it. Like, the skull is sinister. Mm. It's even nefarious. The way it was presented. Okay, because otherwise it could, they could just be x-ray technicians. <laughs> could be that. Or, or he's a fan of, of Macbeth. Or, sorry, of Hamlet. Mm-hmm. Big, huge fan. At least, like, I hardly knew. He. But, no, it was Or like, optical ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. And you yeah, take a look. Yeah. But, Maybe, he, but let me also say, yeah. he could just be... Now, I don't know if you read it correctly, because he could be a fan of the 1980s video game Sinistar. Could have been, but no, it, was, it did say Sinister. I, did, okay, I all right. did read it correctly. It could could they be a fan... Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Could they be a fan of the underdog villain, yeah. Simon Barr Sinister, and just be a big underdog fan? And someone else next to him is like a jacket that says Riff Raff, <laughs> and the third one has like another yeah, name yeah. of a villain from Underdog sure, that I sure. sure as hell don't know. <laughs> you've, you've, I don't. I can. Have, I can. I'm you have go gone, too deep. You've gone too past my knowledge of yeah. any villains. Holly Pureheart. She's got. A, it's his girlfriend. I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Underdog. I, I know it's the got character. A good theme song. I know the character. All right, but that's all I know. All right. So anyway, you. Uh, you know, yeah, I just thought. I just thought. Yeah, I just thought. That's too much. All right. You don't need to add that. You don't need to put icing on icing. You okay. get it. You got a skull in your jacket. You're being, you're being sinister. You're a sinister. Nah, what's sinister about riding a motorcycle? That's not sinister. No, just the look. Come on. Is it sinister, though? Yeah, it's sinister. No, it's aggressive. Like, sinister to me feels like, whoa, that's sinister, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what he's going that's for. That's like, my, no, 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 no. What no. about his top hat? Oh, was he wearing a... <laughs> no, he's, he's That's more snidely. <laughs> he should have said whiplash. He should have said whiplash. No, I think sinister, <laughs> when I think sinister... Yeah. I think uh, macabre. I think uh, okay. I think uh, I think Poe. I think like okay. someone's in a black uh, cabinet of Doctor mm. Caligari. Yeah, yeah. 
that's my thing. I don't think there's anything sinister about mm. you're a motorcyclist because yeah, you're yeah. vroom vroom big, vroom vroom big leather, leather. That's not sinister. Okay. You could do something sinister sure, later. Sure. Yeah. You could stop. Mm. But what, what's your definition of sinister then? Well, evil. Okay. And you think there's evil in the? I think he's trying to. Force I think of, he's trying to present like a like a facade like a, of evil. Yeah. Like a ba- I'm a bad guy. I'm a would tough you, guy. I'm a guy not to mess with. Let me follow up with with something else then. Would you say a pirate yeah. is sinister? Like, oh, here come the pirates. Oh. They're sinister. Yo, ho, ho. <laughs> we are sinister. Whoa, ho, ho. Well, that's ho. a thing. None of us are they ministers. Were, pirates had good good taste, and they would not you know, bother putting sinister on their flag. Like, they know the, the skull. They're the, done because the skull does enough. The skull and crossbones is enough. You've, you've made your point. Like, when you see that coming across the ocean towards you, yeah, that would be, that would be, a, like, that would be sinister. Okay, so this is what I got for sentence. Oh, you got an def- uh, actual definition, sure. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, given the impression that something is harmful or evil is happening or will happening, mm. uh, will happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what does, a, what does sinister mean for a person, uh, especially evil or leading to evil, threatening evil, harm or dangerous? Yeah. Okay, now I'd say like saying they could be dangerous, yes. Under that yeah. definition, I could, I could, I could give you... The, the guy being sinister, sure. It doesn't feel sinister. Sinister feels, feels thinner. <laughs> like a thin guy is sinister, right? Well, if you want Whereas to, I'm picturing your yeah. biker as having being, a little meat on the bones, yeah, wearing yeah, he was a little, jeans. He, was, yeah, he had jeans. He had Can you be eyes? sinister in jeans? Why not? Jeans? Like, you got to wear all black, right, to be sinister. Maybe they're black Proper, jeans. Yeah, What's their black jeans? They weren't. I don't know. I don't you know. know they weren't. They were blue jeans. I was too busy looking at his jacket. Okay. They might have been blue jeans for you. Okay. I, I think if anyone, someone walks up to you and they're wearing like you know Dayton engineer boots okay. with their black with their blue jeans, they got their black leather jacket on with a right. skull in the back. This is sinister. Right. They got their sunglasses on. They got long hair and a beard. Uh-huh. Uh They got a bunch of tattoos. Right. We all know definite sign of someone who's sinister. Okay. Uh yeah, I think you're okay. What if you're, and I've you know, seen this? You know you're in big trouble. I've, I've and then when he turns around and he like uses his thumb to point to the word sinister on his jacket. Right. Then you know you're the in word trouble. sin is, is part of it. Uh, I've seen this on the back of a jacket, yep. and I'm going to just say the. You know where uh, sinister comes from? It's from left handedness. Right, that's right. Sinistra, yes. Nice. Uh, yeah, like a sinistra paradiso. Another sign of evil besides tattoos was being left handed. Oh, it was, and, yeah. and, and justifiably so. <laughs> um, uh, okay, I'm going to just say, I'm going to, you know the word I mean when I, when I say the letter B. Okay, I'm just okay. going to say B, but okay. I'm not going to say the word. Okay. But you know the word I mean. Okay. It's a mean term for a lady and or a, an animal. It's not a mean a term female. for an animal, but yeah. Yeah, but if I say it for the animal term, you're going to think it as yeah, a yeah. lady term. Because it, so. it is okay. taken from the animal and used for, for that's ladies. Correct. And that's correct. That's thing. right. That's a mean so, thing. That's right. Yeah. Ah, you get it. Yeah. Anyway, here's what I've seen on the back of uh, a motorcyclist's yeah. jacket. Yeah. If you can read this, yeah. the B fell off. So there you go. And that to me is worse than sinister. <laughs> you can read this. The B, put the word in there. Yeah. Fell off. Oh, I see. Thank you. I got it now. Yeah. yeah see, unfortunately, yeah. if you're driving, yeah. then, then like in this case, yeah. you would have taken a couple of seconds to go, yeah. huh, I wonder what, oh, <laughs> then you would have like. I would have been in big trouble. You would have been in big trouble. Been, you took your been, eye off the road. I would have been pondering. As you tried to figure out the yeah, uh, joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's a bit slow because I. It just shows my my. It just shows what yeah. I, I, the kind of person I am. And the next, that drive, I do not associate yeah. no. that. that and in the that next way. cyclist goes by, and yeah, yeah. on the back of their jacket, it goes 
it's a thinker. <laughs> Dave. Yeah, and then the Just next one Dave. goes no by, else. and the next one on the back of their yeah, jacket yeah. goes, yeah. Burma shave. I'm like, <laughs> that didn't rhyme. Uh, uh, yeah. That doesn't work for me at all. I mean, I think even the other word for, like, biker biker chicks or whatever is, is like the old, uh, your old lady. Mm. Yeah, that seems also kind of mean. Mm. Maybe not as mean as bitch. I mean, I said it. <laughs> I said it. Sorry, maybe not as mean as that, but uh, but yeah, it seems like the whole. It's like a culture of dismissiveness, anyway. So, of of the uh, of the ladies. I used to tour with a comedian who did very well with uh, homophobic material and in small towns. And <laughs> yeah, did sure. not do well. Again, yeah. I've got quite a few friends that really enjoy Courtney BC now. But that was always like the worst place for me. It was always the worst. It used situation. to be a real baker place. It was not yeah. great. Yeah. And uh, and but this person, yeah, was the star mm. of like the bikers. <laughs> like he would be the he was the sure, biker. Sure. He's playing to that audience. Yeah. 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 He'd wear like a leather jacket. Mm. He'd look like a little tough guy. He'd have like the chops and he'd uh, do his stuff. And I was like, uh, okay. And he never rode a bike. And at one point, <laughs> at one point, like he was playing, a motorbike. Yeah. Yeah. He, at one point, he was playing the Dell. And he said something wrong to the wrong person, and okay. they all just chased him out. Wow! Yeah, and he was—he uh, was had to like hide for quite a few weeks. <laughs> and when he returned, he had a totally different persona that he. Yeah, that it was he, uh, the Christian comedian. Christian and, uh, comedian cleanup. Just like, <laughs> you know. he finished his show sing, singing a gospel song about yeah, that's how right. he saw the light. You might be saved if. <laughs> well, he became a you hillbilly. You he your, your sins yeah. on your deathbed. Wow. You so, might be saved yeah. if you've just been to confessional. I can tell he's a southern comic because he has be a high saved. squeaky voice. That's the first first sign of a southern comic. We've already established. I remember once upon a time uh, I saw... How come this show isn't called Refresh My Memory? Um, I was watching 60 Minutes. and I, they had I a, scotched it when you suggested it. Is a, yeah, you know. good for you. Uh, you know why? Sinister. That's what this guy is. It's sinister. Uh, but they had Larry the Cable Guy uh, as like their story. On 60 Minutes. Oh, yeah. So they went to his farm. Yeah, I got a farm. Yeah, he was driving his tractor around doing He's stuff. He's never, never farmed his whole life. You're not wrong. Anyway, so they're they're just interviewing him and going, and, yeah. and they do a whole piece on him, and it's just like, uh, you want to mention that this isn't his voice, or it's, <laughs> you're interviewing a fictional character? Like, it's easy to find the footage, and it's just so strange. Yeah, yeah. It would be like if they had interviewed Pee Wee Herman and never yeah. brought up Paul Rubens. <laughs> like, never. It's just like, Pee Wee Herman lives at this house and da 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 da. And like, no, it's just, you can't. Yes. It's not. With his magical... The unknown comic is a. No. <laughs> Nobody Murray knows who Langston. he is. Nobody knows who he is. Who is the. Well, it's young... not even saying that. It's saying comic. the unknown comic is their own entity. Okay. And we're treating them like a being. It's like Larry the Cable Guy isn't a real guy. Yeah. The unknown comic lives in. Yeah. How about this as well? Were you a cable guy? Even. Let me just ask the fictional version of yeah, you. Yeah. And then you're a, you're a cable guy. Who is, was jokey around? Yeah, because like even in your movies and things you did later on, you weren't a you weren't like plugging in cable. <laughs> like it's just a strange thing. Yeah, it's like you know. It's a shorter than Hi, I'm Larry the telephone repairman. I'm Ken the dentist. Oh, okay, so do you do <laughs> dental work? What? No, I'm I you know I, I mow lawns. Okay, yeah. why are you called Ken the goddamn dentist? I don't. Oh, I say anyway, it is on. Six, it is on. Sixty right. minutes. You let me down on that. Yeah, yeah. Because the other ones, the other squeaky guys, they actually are like from the south and have like like that. Bill has like a 
Jeff Foxworthy. There's Jeff Foxworthy. There's Bill something. Everett? No, he has kind of like that, but it's like a it's it's or more did like Bill a, Everett invent Submariner. He it's he has like a Swedish last name, right? It's kind of sounding name, and he's actually like ridden like rodeo and stuff like that. Like yeah, he has like some bona fides to his like southern uh, high pitched thing that he does. Right, and then there's the other one who's actually really good, uh, blue collar comedy tour. Yeah, who am I looking at here? Yeah, Bill uh, Engelvold. Yeah, yeah Ingl- Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, yeah, Ron White's the good one. Ron White. Yeah. 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 That Bill Ingvolt's fine. Some of it's good. Some of it's what you expect. Like I make jokes about Renaissance fairs and things like that. You know, I get it. I get where you're gonna go with this. They are dainty. You're right. Just as dainty as your high pitched voice. I used to know a fella. Yeah. I still know the fella, but he doesn't do this job anymore. He was uh, regular on the uh, blue collar comedy uh, hour or whatever that was. Okay, when they, when they had a, a sketch show. I see. Yeah, I never saw. And he was it. one of the sketch performers, uh, Peter Oldring, who went on to do uh, this is that for CBC Radio. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing a job. Yeah, he was also in uh, some some medical comedy that uh, uh, Dave Thomas was in, Linda Boyd was in, uh, a bunch of people were in. I think Matt Furrer was in. Hmm. Yeah, that. It's not good. But, uh, you know, everyone worked and good for people working. <laughs> and there's some funny scenes. Okay. But, uh, Just didn't hang together. Yeah, they tried to do kind of a, uh, you know, a, a cutting edge, raunchy, mm. medical, Meh. you know, shenanigans. Sure. I guess doctor in the house? Let's say that. Let me, let me, let me call it that kind of thing. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's not MASH because, you know, no one cares if people ever die. I don't think they cared in Doctor in the House. Did they care in Doctor in the House? Was there like a they tender? Have, they didn't have much of was that. Was there a tender edge to, to that? No, I don't think so. Okay. It was mostly uh, British farce. Okay. Uh, you know, high quality British farce, but that's what you got. Blue Collar TV. That was what the name of the show was. Okay. And then... I, I missed it somehow. Peter Oldring was one of the regulars who you would also know... From the movie, I don't know. Come on, she was in. <laughs> I was in Miss Miss Spider's Sunny Patch. Good for him. Good for him. Okay, film. Here we go. Uh, young people fucking. Nope, that's not it. Oh, that's interesting. Intern Academy. That was the name of it. Oh, of the medical show. Uh, yeah, medical film. Two thousand and four. Oh. It was also known as they rebranded it as White Coats. Uh, Dave Foley's <laughs> in it. Dan Aykroyd's in it. Okay. Linda Boyd's in it. Yep. Who's a friend of mine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Matt Furrer, I was right. Sal Rubinek, of course. Yeah. It's Canadian. Here's a weird thing. Oh. Watched Ishtar last night. Very good movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Did watched, you like it? Well, I wouldn't call it very good, but oh. it's like, you know, it's a movie. It. It's in focus. It's in color. I love it. It's great. Uh, okay. I would like to follow up on that. Um. So, uh, but Matt Furrer is, yeah. it, I remember him being in it. Yeah. And he, 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 it, the movie came out in 87, which is the same year. That Max Headroom came out. Yes, that's right. And so I was like, hey, that's Matt Furrer. Uh, but looked at the credits. He's not listed in the credits. Hmm. He's not on IMDb. He's not anywhere to be found. And I'm like, that's clearly Matt Furrer. There's no way around it. Okay. Odd. An un- uncredited Uncredited appearance. Matt Furrer, yeah. Yeah. I guess it was before he hit the heights of fame. You still get credited in a movie. Not always. Depends on what, what you If you got a line, you do. Hmm. You, you get a line? Yes. Oh, weird. Yeah, he did. Uh, it was uh, following Dustin Hoffman. It's been a Hoffman, while since I watched him and two other people, and he was the one who had like a line when like he's calling into his bosses, just like there, blah 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 blah. It was like oh, he's on the line. That's Matt Furrer. 
Yeah. More than a line. It's yeah. kind of like a... Okay, tell me what's good about Ishtar. I like I, I like the beginning. Well, to be honest, I haven't not seen it since I saw yeah, it no. in nineteen eighty. That's why you're telling me this. Um, <laughs> nineteen eighty-seven, I guess. You'll see it end, and you'll go, "Huh." <laughs> That's it, huh? Because what I, I mean, the things that I remember about it, that I love about it, are more the performance elements, like the the musical. Good, you like the first half hour. Yeah, well, yeah, but I like them also. I also like them when they're like, they're like in the desert. In the desert, and they're like, or when they're in wherever they end up in the city thing, where they're like still like so wrapped up in themselves mm-hmm. and in their career, the quotation marks, and like I don't know, I just find it to, that the whole narcissism of this of them. Great, and I also like that they flip the characters as well. So yeah. Dustin Hoffman plays the the lady killer, and Warren Beatty is the. Yeah, I wish I was as uh, good looking as you. Have the confidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got. I just enjoy all those parts. I, I I just the beginning. And it has is, Charles Grodin in it too, and I love Charles Grodin. So Charles you know, Grodin, it, 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 you know. sure, he's doing his best. Uh, the, be- <laughs> the beginning half hour is really interesting. Yeah, like oh, that's that's cool. Yeah, and also then they introduce you know uh, Carol Kane as like. The girlfriend of Dustin Hoffman. You're mm. like, oh, this will be interesting. And of course, her, she's there just to go. You gotta give up on your dreams and like leave. <laughs> and it's like, oh fuck, she's just doing that shit. Yeah. And it just kind of bugs me because, like, you know, it's it's directed by Elaine May. Mm. You know, it's it's written by Elaine May, and it's like that's the role you give when you got a Carol Kane here. This is what you do. It's just, they're, they're, both the girlfriends are just like you're. Yeah, we're leaving you. We're both leaving you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, you have to have like a precipitating thing that makes them go like, oh, maybe it'd be a good idea to go to. Yeah, but do it in a different. Like, yeah, both leave for the same thing. It's just like women. You know, they're the sensible <laughs> just, ones. But it's I played right? in such a silly way that it, I don't know. It just, and I then they go to yeah, they go to Ishtar where they're, they're, okay. I'll give you. There was one thing that I was like, good for them on this, uh, which was. Uh, there's kind of a running joke about there's a woman there who's like kind of leading them around. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and, you know, who's the one with the problem yeah. that needs to be solved by the Americans. And they think she's a boy because they're <laughs> dumb yeah, yes. and don't know what the rest of the audience yes. knows. Big yeah. mistake having the audience be way ahead of you. It's a French actress, right? Who played that role. Yeah. And at some point, like, you know, to, the, to show Dustin Hoffman, she just flashes one uh, boob. Okay. And I'm like, hmm. It's interesting. I, I'm not against it, um, <laughs> but with Warren Beatty, he like uh, like jumps her, uh, flips her over, and is is about to be fighting her, and she kisses him. And uh, his reaction to it, it's exactly the place to do uh, a homophobic joke. Yeah, it's where any other film in '87 would do a homophobic <laughs> joke. Yeah, and he gets real sympathetic yeah. with the with the character, and just like I don't want no trouble. I don't want this. And then like it's like. <laughs> You know, listen, you're having a hard time. Here's some money. Just go <laughs> take care of yourself. And I'm like, huh, this is okay. This is, it's not It's not bad. This is okay. Yeah. Warren know. Beatty's an interesting character. I just, in I maybe, I, you know, maybe I've just become like sort of a, a fan of that movie just because so, so many people hated it at the time that I felt like it was really like. I can like, see why they would because it looks like it's going to be something. And then anytime it looks like it's going to be that, it goes in. It's just like, no, let's slow it down. Let's yeah. slow it way down. It's the usual. It's the usual thing with. I think Ellen May had a good experience making one movie, which was which was the Heartbreak Kid. Okay, every other which movie is she one made. One of the films I've never seen. Another good movie with Charles Grodin. Yeah. Um, every other movie she made was like a, a major drama for her. Whether it's a New Leaf, which I love, a New Leaf. Yeah, and I. And having read what she wanted to do with it, I'm like, 
the studio, Good for them. the studio was right. right. The studio was right. right. She was right. But yeah. and it was such a big hit that she had like she had her way with the Heartbreak Kid. Mm-hmm. But when Heartbreak Kid wasn't like a big breakout hit, when she did um, Mickey and the one with um, John Cassavetes and, and Peter Falk, uh, something in Mickey. Anyway, uh, that movie, like she she kidnapped that film. Yes. And you know because she wanted her cut. And once again, she she had to give up, and you know the studio released a, a shorter version of the film. And and then when she did Ishtar, you know a situation where like she she had written um, Heaven Can Wait for Warren Beatty, mm-hmm. and which he loved, he loved her work on it, and he just thought she was great. And he's like, you know what, you need someone, you need a sympathetic producer. I'm going to be Mickey that guy. And Mickey. Mick, no, not Mickey and Mickey. Nikki and no, it's Mickey, uh, Mikey and Nikki. Uh, oh, Mikey and Nikki. Yeah, yeah, Mikey and Nikki. Sorry. Sorry. 1976 yeah. yeah so yeah so 76 so she didn't get to do Ishtar until 87 so or so it's not quite 87 I didn't but know she wrote Tootsie I didn't know she wrote yeah. Reds and I didn't know she was a co-writer on Labyrinth yeah yeah she was a co-writer on Labyrinth yeah that's weird <laughs> I know isn't that weird she's like she's Who the, the go-to was she the co-writer with on Labyrinth she's a she's a go-to script doctor Terry Jones yeah. What's happening? <laughs> well, his Harry Jones worked with Elaine May. Well, they didn't work together. Like he put in his, he wrote, turned in his script, and then she she did a rewrite. Um, How did I not know this? So weird. So uh, yeah, like so Warren Beatty was like a big fan, and so he's like, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna back you. Yeah. With the studio, like I'm gonna use my clout as a producer, and we're gonna get a movie made, and, you're, and it's gonna be your your movie. And so he wanted to be in it. They they got. Dustin Hoffman to be in it, mm-hmm. and then partway through filming, he turned against her and started working, tried, started undermining yeah. her. And I think, and there was some talk about you should direct this, yeah. And and, and it was just his usual Warren Beatty lack of confidence, uh, neurotic nonsense that he does. And uh, you know, he just has trouble. He's a control freak, and he has trouble like. But she's a control freak too. So both of the <laughs> two control freaks working on a movie together—it's a recipe for success. Um, and yeah, so I think I think there were some problems on the film that, and I don't think it was her. I don't think what we see now as Ishtar is her cut. Right. We're seeing like the studio cut of it as usual, and I don't think that they quite understood what she was doing. And so I think that the way that they has cut she it, done, uh, and there's no reason you would know this. No. Uh, but has she done any uh, audio commentary on any of these movies? No. Okay. No. I'm just like, like she's just the only one that she will only one that she will stand by, I think, is Mikey and Nikki now. Yeah. She's really uh she's really uh yeah. She's great and I was just talking about uh, small time crooks with uh with a, a friend at work and uh Or she plays May. Or she plays May, yes. It's a smart thing when you got an older actor in their name. <laughs> and uh yeah, that's a great film. Once again, I saw it once in the theater. Yeah, I'll probably never watch it again unless I, unless I'm I don't know drunk. But anyway, but I love it. And I was just we we're just talking. At, you know, yeah, she's really good in it. We we're just talking in about about everyone being good in it. Yeah, like every, it's like it's John such, Lovitz is good. In John it. Lovitz is great in it. Uh, Woody Allen is great. They called me the brain. <laughs> yeah, they're being sarcastic. No, they weren't. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. And then uh, I just love the scene with him and Michael Rappaport in the tunnel. When Michael Rapport turns his miner's hat around so the light is pointing the yeah. wrong way, and then everybody on character is like, "Why did you do that? Oh, it's cooler." He's like, "Oh, oh." So then he turns his around. So he, this is great. Like it's just, it's just great. Like John it's just, Lovett should always be put in the past. Like yeah. him with the what's the uh, baseball a league of their own. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah. You want you always want to stick him in the past. He was also really good in happiness. 
Oh, I've never watched that movie. Oh my god, it's a movie that I just don't, it's the not opening, comfortable. The opening scene. Is, well, maybe you could just watch the opening scene. <laughs> the opening scene is him kind of getting broken up with. Okay, and it's, it starts. The the movie starts with just a thing of his face, like his full face, mm. and then he's just at a restaurant, and it's just his heart being broken, and it's like such a good acting job, and you're like John Lovitz, well, good job. Buddy. He is an actor. He is an actor. <laughs> um, with Elaine May, yeah, one of my favorite uh, TV shows was the the Good Fight because it just got really weird, and that show is sort of gone off to become like there's another show called evil that does a lot of similar things it's okay like you never know what you're getting and they're just being really creative and fun yeah but she was on it for two episodes okay i didn't recognize her okay and it really bugs me i'm like <laughs> oh i would have enjoyed this so much more but she was ruth bader uh, ginsburg okay kind of you know i don't know yeah. she's her ghost like a st- oh like oh actually her huh. yeah she would just appear uh because uh one of the characters was micro dosing and so ruth bader ginsburg would show up and just give her advice and she was great as Ruth Bader Ginsburg so yeah. much so yeah. that I, I saw no Elaine May in, yeah. the, in the performance yeah okay here's a here's a bit of trivia for mm. you okay uh, she was the co-writer of a movie with Michelle Pfeiffer what was the movie starring Michelle Pfeiffer starring Michelle Pfeiffer right I can even give you the year what's the year 1995 1995 1995 did this movie get made oh sure it was a big hit I'm sorry I don't know Dangerous Minds oh really yeah she's the co-writer of Dangerous Minds wow yeah Okay, here's here's my question to you. Sure. What movie did she co-write with uh, John Travolta as the lead? John Travolta as the lead. John Travolta as the lead. And I'm going to give you one more thing. Uh, Emma Thompson is the co-star. What? Yeah, big hit. Big hit movie. Let me give you a year. 1998. Oh, I'm So I'm going to give you one more actor then. <laughs> give me one more, give yeah. You Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton was the third lead. Okay. Also in it, Larry Hagman. Also in it, Kathy Bates. Huh. All these movies from when I was a, a young dad. I just played I, a uh, 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 it, John Travolta played a, a real life politician in the movie. It sure did. Hmm. I had no idea. It was uh, Primary Colors. Oh, okay. Never saw, like see the, played Bill Clinton. I never I never saw any of these movies because this is like I say this is when Mary was a little baby. Okay. So there's a whole time. I'll give me an was, easy one then. Okay. Co-write a movie. Yeah. Uh, the lead in it is uh, Robin Williams. Okay. If I give you the co-star, that would probably... No, just give it away. Okay, so don't... Give it away. Uh, is it a 90s one or is it an 80s one? It is, oh, this is a good question. Uh, 1996. 1996? I'll also say uh, Gene Hackman's in it. Gene Hackman is 2nd. Uh, Diane Weist is also in it. That'll never help you. But uh, yeah, Gene Hackman, Diane Weist. It's if not I toys. Gave... No. What nope. is it? It's a, it's a, this, it is the birdcage. Oh, cool. oh, yeah, yes. I forgot about that one. All right, how about this I, one? I knew that. Let me throw you this one. 1994. Okay. <laughs> Uh, she, oh no, I'm sorry. She's an actor in this one, okay. so that one does not uh, that one does not help you. Okay, here you go. But because that's a Mike Nichols uh, film, The Birdcage. So and you've probably said this already, you know, in our discussion. Oh yeah, you you mentioned uh, that uh, you mentioned Warren Beatty. Uh, she was a co-writer of a Warren Beatty movie, uh, Heaven Can Wait. Heaven Can Wait. Yeah. With what Buck other Henry. Warren Beatty movie is she the co-writer of? Well, you said Reds. Ah, well, there you go. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, I apologize which I, for which that. I knew that because I, I, I that's part of this the history of Ishtar. Yep. was her work on Reds, which is amazing because that's like this crazy dra- dramatic film, and yet he brought her in to do the because the, he loved her loved her work so much in Heaven Can Wait, uh, which is a pretty good movie. I'm not a huge fan of Heaven Can Wait, but uh, okay, what sketch comedy show? Yeah, from 1967. Oh, was she part of? She's a performer on Laughing. A semi, a semi, <laughs> I want to say semi regular, okay. but she appeared multiple times on the Smothers Brothers comedy. That is absolutely correct. That makes sense because that was a pretty hip show, so. They would have brought. They would have loved to have had her part of it. Dun dun dun. 
Yeah, she's very good. Let's let's put that into the very good. Yep. Uh, talking about her makes me want to go and watch a new Leaf. Well, I want to see the Heartbreak Kid now. It's, that's a good movie. Sir, maybe, and it has her daughter in it as well. Maybe what I should do. Who also starred in an episode of Rockford Files. Her daughter. Her daughter? Yeah. What What was the episode of Rockford Files? Um, it's, it's she plays like a young girl who oh, I can't remember this the plot now. I'm sorry, can't remember okay. the plot. I can barely, like I can remember there's one with Rob Reiner too, and I can't remember the plot of it where he's like a quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but I don't yeah. remember like the whole because the That's plots okay. in those shows are so convoluted. That's okay. That's what makes them great is you can rewatch them again and go, oh yeah, this, here's, this is what happened. Here's my thing about. Uh, okay, yeah. first of all, let me just say, Heartbreak Kid. I should probably suggest to the gang at uh, refresh yeah. my memory to see if they can uh, watch it so that I can have an excuse <laughs> to watch it. Um, by the way, new refresh my memory is out uh, now. Yeah. Uh, we're doing Casablanca. We show you how to make uh, gin ricky, uh, or Jason Dedrick does, and uh, refreshing drink, pretty good. Uh, hmm. But going back to that, I've forgotten completely what I was going to say. Going I'm back done. to the good. You mentioned the Goodbye Kid that you hadn't seen it, and, and Lane May, and I was Lane doing May. that, and the <laughs> Goodbye <laughs> Heartbreak Kid, not the Goodbye Kid. Oh, sorry, the Heartbreak Thinking Kid. about the Goodbye Girl. The goodbye Girl. Yeah, I was mixing up. Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Who was the star of Jaws, which we also covered on Refresh My Memory. <laughs> it's nice that I did refresh my memory plug and then forgot what I was talking about. Yeah. That is ironical. <laughs> ironical. Yeah. So silly. Right in the ironical. So anyway, we, uh, I love uh, Elaine May. She's, uh, I'm such a huge fan of hers. So, Except so for Ishtar, which you, you're so, no, no, so, no. On. I, here's you're so, so on Ishtar. It, it, like, by the time it, like, this is the weird bit, is there's, there's a scene where uh, Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty are being shot at by a helicopter. And they're running in a pattern, and I just kept yelling at the screen, Serpentine! <laughs> because I made the mistake of, I've seen the in-laws. Yeah. And to me, the in-laws does this kind of thing much better okay. than this. This is just like kind of water. Like, there's times where you're just in the Ishtar scenes, yeah. and they're just playing it so broad. And we're like, okay, well, you can play it all broad if you want. And like, but then they play like something subtle. Yeah. And you're like... What are you doing? Like, yeah. pick a tone, pick a <laughs> pick a thing, and then there's pullback scenes where you see like this enormous market, and you're yeah. like, "We actually got kind of mad at one point where we're watching it, just going, this isn't necessary. That's too much. There's no need for this. This doesn't yeah. establish anything in a mm. way that like, if you had this, and then the next thing you had was you were running through this market, yeah. and we're like, oh, because we know how dense this market is. Yeah. This all makes sense, and there is a little bit of a chase, but the chase is so small that who cares." You know, and then when you hear that they went there, like, well, that's not necessary at all. Yeah. This is all could have been done on a soundstage and we're, and we're golden. <laughs> There's no reason. I think that's true. I, I'll, I'll agree with that as a criticism of the film. Because, I, I mean, I mentioned earlier about Playtime, the, the Jacques Tati film. And that's a, another film that's purportedly a comedy. But the, the sets and everything are so, so huge. Like, like they build like a whole like like a whole floor of a skyscraper, basically. You know, for the for the action to take place, they build like a whole airport, and it's just for very subtle, small jokes. And it just feels like everything is overwhelmed by the setting, rather than complimenting it. Like joke, like comedy needs to be small, unless yes. your unless your jokes are about how big something is. Yes. Like if your joke about the airport is this airport is unmanageably big, and we have no control over how big this airport is, and how are we going to get to where we need to get to? Then that makes sense as like. Yeah. A big airport you know like it's funny in the navigator 
the Buster Keaton film, that he's trying to like steer an ocean liner as a as a one person job, right? So he's got all these pulleys and things that he's running and grabbing, and levers are working the engine room downstairs, and he's got all this. And that's funny, right? Because he's it's mm-hmm. he's making practical uh, uh, solutions to this insurm- insurmountable problem of trying to be a one man uh, you know ocean liner crew, and that's fun, you know. But it wouldn't be fun if they're just doing like small uh, comedy bits, you know, on a giant ship. Like you, you have to like, yeah. if you're going to do that, you need to be doing that in a stateroom Here would be on the, the ship. Right? I'm going to say an example of the comedy thing. Then I'm going to move to another movie quickly that I saw last night that we also went, stop it. <laughs> okay. Here's the difference. Okay. Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Okay. Ghostbusters. Yeah. They've got to go fight the villain. And to do so, they've got to get to the top of this building. It looks like a big deal. It's a big special effect. Yeah. But like most of that is like them climbing these stairs. And they're playing the joke of, oh my God, so many (laughs) stairs. Right? But it's kind of slow. Yeah, yeah. But it's like you're feeling it. You're feeling like these guys are winded. They're out of shape. They've been smoking this whole movie. This is hard for them. And then when they get up to it, they're on a little sound stage and they're talking directly to a person. And yes, there's a giant monster that like shows up. But they're... They're kind of small attacking the monster. Yeah. In the second movie, they are the monster. They get into the uh, Statue of Liberty, and they're in something that's so big. Mm. Nah, that's no good. <laughs> if they were fighting the Statue of Liberty, yeah, yeah. yes. Sure. But you you are King Kong. Boo. No. <laughs> You're fighting a little guy who's like in a yeah, painting. Yeah, yeah. That's nothing. That makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. But we were watching a movie called Murder by Decree. Did you ever see that one? It's a Sherlock Holmes movie. For, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, directed by um, our friend, um, who also directed uh, Porky's and A Christmas Story and Black Christmas, and I can't remember his name now. Even Bob Clark. Bob Clark. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's from when is it? From seventy. Christopher Plummer and uh, like I think it's a co co production between England and Canada. Right. So it's Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Yeah. And Sherlock Holmes is played by Christopher Plummer. Yeah. And uh, James Mason plays. I've seen it, but it's been a while. Yeah. And okay. so it's a detective and a doctor being played by a plumber and a mason. <laughs> We're having a good time, right? <laughs> Occasionally, you'll see other Canadian actors show up, and you're like, "Hey, it's the guy from the Friday the Thirteenth series." Was this shot in Canada? But it's clearly not. Here's the scene that made us go, "Shut up!" Was uh, there Holmes and Watson are in an open carriage? Yeah, and they're in some part of London, like it's a big part of London, and and you just see in the background, like at least more than a dozen other carriages. Like they really set the tone. Like yeah, it's yeah. Just enormous amount of carriages and all these people, and they're all dressed up. And you're just, don't. This is unnecessary. You're having a conversation in a carriage. Yeah. There's no reason for this. This is yeah. ostentatious. This is taking us out of the movie where we're just going, how'd they do that? <laughs> you know, it's not impressive. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. It just lifts you out. And this was another movie that started small and they're really kind of jokey together and you're really liking this Christopher Plummer Watson thing. Yeah. And then it just gets just too big and boisterous and up its own ass. <laughs> yeah, to the point where they bring out John Gielgud. And the, first, the first movie that... Or one of the very first kind of pieces of popular art that that put out the idea of the the Jack royal the, the royal family being involved in, in the Jack the Ripper murder. Uh, and boy, do they dine out on that! <laughs> yeah, and I guess like I'm living in a time where I've heard this to death. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, but could you believe the Queen but, herself? Yeah, but Murder by Death is a different film. This is Murder by Decree. You're so. not wrong. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know, again, it's like all of the uh, all of the ladies of the night are just straight out of like. Take it up a notch. <laughs> well, I like it. I really fancy a quick bippity boo. Like, all right. 
<laughs> All right, fine. Everybody settle down. Yeah. I, I mean, there again, I would love to have seen Holmes and Watson solve a goddamn mm-hmm. mystery. But there's nothing in this that, that Holmes does where he's like, you see, Watson, uh, the, this is uh, the sign of the this, and yeah. the dust was unsettled, and there's none of that shit. Like, mm-hmm. he disguises himself once, yeah. and then the rest of the time is just going around and, like, fighting dudes, and it's just, stop it. Settle down. Everyone's running away and surprised it's, all it, the time. I, 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 I like it more than you, I guess, but I would agree that it's not, like, it's not his best film, and I think it's, a, it's an instance of a of someone who is used to working in uh, small scale productions who finally got money finally had like big money producers but kind of lost control of the film to the big money producers sure. and there's a lot of stu- uh, there's, there's a lot of stuff in there that you feel like oh I don't think that's Bob Clark's like if you watch like a Christmas story and stuff like that which is a very economical movie like yeah. and he had a lot of money to make it but he made a very economical film you know there's only maybe one scene in the movie that's v- really big and that's the Santa Claus se- sequence okay yeah, which, yeah, which yeah. should be big because yeah. Santa Claus should be big and scary in that yeah, sequence. Yeah, the, sc- the scale is appropriate for what that is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And whereas Murder by Decree, yeah, you're right. Like, it feels like a lot of times where it's just kind of like um, a lot of Rococo for no reason. You know, just a lot of extra ornamentation that's not necessary. And even to the story as well. And it really, um, but it is—it's it, pretty good. It love it it's loves great. itself. Yeah, it's no Black Christmas. They do a, mi- a big mistake too, to me, which is uh, Holmes is trying to solve this mystery, and whoever the chief of police or whoever it is comes out and was like, you know, uh, we think you did it, Holmes, and uh, and then like almost immediately, someone walks in. Oh, I guess you're saved, Holmes. Oh yes, that's fortunate. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. That would have been uh, terrible seeing Sherlock Holmes in jail. I wonder what that would have been like. That would have been interesting going to. Sherlock Holmes going to trial, maybe having to be in his own lawyer. Or, yeah, that would have been interesting. Oh, well, thank goodness that didn't happen. And we're back to more stuff. Yeah, don't say a in- more interesting thing in your movie than the thing you're doing. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on maybe he didn't think it was that interesting. A pack of wolves have been released into the streets. Oh, my God. Don't worry. They were all rounded up. Whew. <laughs> we certainly were lucky there, Holmes. Certainly. You didn't want to see that and have to fight a pack of wolves. <laughs> but, I right. mean, really, would, we want to, would you want to see Sherlock Holmes go through, like, a trial? Like, a real trial? If Sherlock like Holmes had prison, to, Sherlock a Holmes to come and has to defend has to himself, but he doesn't have to defend himself. He gets a barrister to do it. Right, right. So, obvi- but you think Holmes is going to sit back while the barrister fucks around? You think Holmes <laughs> isn't going to stand up and just go like, "I'm firing my barrister," and just like, "All right, put the wig on, Holmes." Right. Holmes puts the wig on. Like, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. I can't remember. Like, it's been a while. I mean, once again, these are... Sometimes you talk about movies that or I haven't seen for a long time. Holmes having years. to spend, like, you know, a day or two... Well, actually, they did do that in uh, the Robert Downey Jr. movie, where, like, he was in kind of a, a jail situation with a bunch of other, you know, with a bunch of criminals. And, you know, they're around him, and you think, like, oh, he's in trouble now because these are all the people that he put away. Yeah. But, you know, he's, like, betting them on stuff, and they're all, like, <laughs> laughing with him, and they're having a good time. And then he gets let out, and it's like, okay, see you, fellas. All right, <laughs> bye. Um. And it's like, yeah, that's all fine and good. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. If you're going to say, like, this thing's going to happen, then either have it happen, or why would you bring it up? Yeah, like, yeah. No, it, you got to make it worse. It's good you advice it to young screenwriters, which is the whole point of our show. Yeah. When we started this, it was Sneaky Dragon, Young Advice for... Or, sorry, Young Advice. Young Advice. Young Advice for old scriptwriters. For writers. old scriptwriters. <laughs> it was basically for Elaine May. Remember, dab. We're just going to constantly talk about Ishtar. The classic mistake to me, of course, mm. is in The Last Action Hero, 
where uh, there's like the villain is there saying, you know, uh, to Arnold Schwarzenegger, I can bring anyone from any movie. Mm. I can bring in Dracula. I could bring in King Kong. Who are yeah. you going to bring in? Uh, this guy from a movie we made up who's got a kind of scythe. He'll throw a scythe around. Oh, but you could bring in King Kong. <laughs> I could. That's an IP. At any point. Can mm. be an IPs. But yeah. yeah. All right. Fine. How much um, is King Kong going to cost you? Well, yeah, it's not. Yeah, this is a real penny pinching movie. We don't have a wad of money for the last <laughs> well, action here. It's not just that. It's who, can you get permission as well? Like some studios aren't, aren't quite as free with the. Uh, I don't giving think away. that was the problem. Like I do think, think like a lack of imagination. I mean, you're right. When that happens, that movie, the movie immediately feels smaller. Yeah, it immediately feels like a smaller movie, and it, you you lose interest in it. Yeah, that's like, not a good movie. Let me tell you what the potential of this could be. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to do it though. Yeah, but Last Action Hero had King Kong bucks. If they wanted <laughs> King Kong, they could have talked to mm. Universal or whoever it was and gone like, "Listen, it's a Schwarzenegger movie. How much is it going to cost you?" Because I'll tell you one thing that's going to happen: sales of the King Kong uh, uh, videotapes are going to go through the damn roof when a new audience sees King Kong. You know, you say that, but it's surprising. Like movies aren't like movie, but studios don't like to throw money around. You know, like so. Sometimes you just you are well, kind of you are kind of stuck with your budget. That's and you have what to that's what they work. You know, I remember they were saying that about you know with the Avengers. Like you know, we'd love to have Spider Man, but we'd have to talk to Sony. Yeah, we'd have to make a deal with Sony. Yeah, and then you're like, you mean, and both of you make infinite money? <laughs> yeah, and they wouldn't be game for that. Yeah, and of course they were fucking game for that. And then eh, there you go. Yeah. And now all of a sudden people like Spider-Man more. And now you can make your animated Spider-Man movie and whatever else you want to make. Because, you know, you had them in the Avengers and it all worked out. There's money. It's lying around. Take it. Take, pick up your money. Because <laughs> um, it's interesting. I've been listening to that Christopher, Mc, Christopher McQuarrie um, various kind of spoiler episodes uh, through the Empire Magazine podcast. And he was talking about... Basically, he was talking about uh, Fallout... And he was talking about the opera scene, and then he mentioned something about they wanted to destroy a bunch of BMWs in a sequence, and he said, "But we couldn't because their BMW was was you know putting their cars in the film uh, and giving them a lot of mo- giving them, and they were paying a lot mm-hmm. of money to do so, and so they weren't really willing to have like a bunch of their cars destroyed in the film because that's not like a great look." Yeah. And he, but then Christopher McQuarrie said, "But before you know," and he said, "Before you condemn like uh, you know product placement." Just know that it was because we put BMW cars in the movie that we were able to do the opera sequence because they didn't want to pay for that sequence. And so we were able to take the BMW money and do the opera sequence. Sure. And you're like, wow, they didn't want to do the opera sequence. Like, it's such a great part of the film. And, but, you know, even a movie like Mission Impossible, you're being like, infinite bucks. They're just going to throw money at this movie because it's, but no, even there they want to pinch pennies, you know, and not, yeah. and not pay for a sequence that's obviously great, but no. Opera, blah. I just feel like with something like the, uh, and again, it was a, it's in such a different time that like nowadays, the amount of times I've seen King Kong just in the background of shit, <laughs> like just thinking of Space Jam and well, just the just the insane amount yeah, of IP yeah. mm. that was just in the background, just like standing there and doing dick all, but like or like Ready Player One, where yeah, yeah King Kong's just part of it and just like grabs a car at one point and tosses it. Well, Ready Player One is Steven Spielberg, right? So that's Universal. So Universal probably own RKO now, and RKO is King Kong. So, I mean, what's happened now is that all these IPs of, like, instead of being spread across a bunch of studios, they're all, like, underneath one umbrella, like, you know, like, because it's it's all conglomerated. To the point where now everything's multiverse, and you just want to just go, look, (laughs) just do the the damn movie where the Avengers meet the Justice League. Like, oh, we can never do... Yeah, you're going to do it. <laughs> it's going to happen. Just 
Just well, do probably, it. Probably Warner's Get is one of the, over with. the last like rivals to to Disney Universal in terms yeah. of like studio size and and yeah, it's not much not much left now. You know, it's all it's all it's all become so small. There was a weird thing that happened. I'm going to say this stuff because we don't have letters this week, so uh, unless we have emails, which I don't think we do. I guess our questions suck. Yeah, maybe. Uh, they're still there on the on the board, and Dave obviously had one that he said earlier uh, that I can't remember, but what have you? <laughs> uh, do you remember the um, comic book Fables? Yeah, Bill Willingham. That's correct. Uh, so who's, anyway, whose art I liked a lot when he drew uh, elementals. Car- he drew characters for the Dungeons and Dragons books. Oh, nice! All right, that's where I first encountered Bill. What Willingham. would you prefer, his dungeons or his dragons? <laughs> well, I do the show, so it must be his dragons. Very good. Um, but there's a thing. There's a thing that's going on now where he's uh, uh, he made a big announcement, which was like his contract with DC is not happy with it, so he's made Fables public domain. He said that. So what? this has been picked by like Comic wow. Speed, Heidi McDonald's Comic Speed, and what did uh, DC think of this? Oh, that's a very good question. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. So for those of you that don't know what Fables is, the idea is it's uh, fairy tale characters in modern day. And you know, uh, kind of some hardcore detective stuff and romance. Wait, and aren't fairy tale characters public domain? Anyway, so um, <laughs> fairy tale characters, modern day, blah 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 blah. And so, uh, quite a successful comic. Won a lot of Eisner's. My friend uh, Mark Buckingham drew uh, some of them. I'm name dropping there. Uh, you know, some good stuff. Uh, so anyway, yabba dabba do. Uh, he made a big announcement about this that uh, Fables is now public domain because mm-hmm. he didn't like his contract, so he went like, "Here's what we're going to do." Yeah, this is uh, maybe two days after Alan Moore made his announcement about like his work for DC, which he went, "Okay, here's what I want: is uh, DC take any of the royalties from my work yeah. and give it to Black Lives Matter?" Okay, which makes sense for uh, you know because like Watchmen is the, so the pro series? Black Lives Matter, the TV show, yeah, yeah. that it's like, oh, well, this all kind of feeds into, the, all right, that, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. You know, what he was doing before was he was giving the royalties to the artists, and the artists do get their own royalties because they're the co-creators. Dave Gibbons yeah. is a co-creator on Watchmen. Yeah. David Lloyd is a co-creator on V for Vendetta, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, whereas Bill Willingham was the only creator on uh, on Fables. He did not share his uh, dough with the, with the uh, artists. Okay. So, yeah, so we made this big announcement, and then, yeah, DC Today just went, no, it's not. Um, so, that's there. That's yeah. where that is uh, at. Okay. But as you say, all the characters are, it's Jack Horner. Yeah. It's Snow White. Yeah. It's the Big Bad Wolf. And it's like, how do you make those characters public domain? Yeah. Because the actual... Because they are work, public domain. Because the past work itself, yeah. you know, uh, is co-owned by DC. Mm. Uh, so you can't make that public domain. Do you mean people can now just do their own stories with the Big Bad Wolf and Snow White? If so, thanks. You know, uh, <laughs> while you're at it, can I also have Beowulf? You know, <laughs> no, he's still he's still trademarked. So Beowulf is yeah, still trademarked. Still trademarked. Okay, yeah, all right, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. Grendel took out a little real long. Well, uh, Matt Wagner has things to say about Grendel. <laughs> the Grendel from Beowulf. No, oh, I understand. Not the Grendel from Matt Wagner. That's a different Grendel. It is a very different. Grendel. Yeah, it's a totally different Grendel. It's a, it's a that's a gentleman thief. It's just almost. a very weird thing. One going like I don't think legally you've got you can do that because <laughs> I do know. Again, I'm married to someone who yeah. you know. Uh, is a did a creator own comic through DC at the same time as Fables was going on? Yeah, and I know they can't go. Eh, anyone wants it, it's yours. 
You can't do it. Yeah. You gotta. There's contracts. There's sure, things. sure. You've signed. You've signed your name on things. That, right. Uh, you can pull an Alan Moore and go. I don't want the money. Give yeah. it to Black Lives Matter. Yeah. You could do that. Yes. But you can't say I. Watchmen. The Watchmen characters are now public domain. You can't do that. Yeah. Like Dave, uh, Dave Sim did that with Cerebus. Like you could do a Cerebus story as long as you're not copying what Dave Sim has already done. Okay. You know. That's you can take Cerebus and do whatever you want with him, right? But if Dave Sim was just going, okay, my uh, my Julius character, uh, you can do what you want with it. You mean Groucho Marx? <laughs> I well, you could do Groucho Marx, but you couldn't do him as Julius. Okay, well, you yeah. listen. I'm going to give away the rights to uh, Wolveroach. <laughs> okay, well, I don't think you can because it's a parody of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, no, he only know. gave away the rights to Cerebus. Yeah, because Cerebus is. The original character. I'll give away the rights to Red Sophia. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> that's nice, but it's really not... It's, a, it's like giving away the rights to Fearless Fosdick. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's a parody I guess character. It's yeah. a parody character. So anyway, it's an interesting uh, logical question. Here, so this is going to lead me then to my question of the week, uh, which is, who is your favorite parody character? Oh. Yeah. So like, you know. Wow. Yeah. So That's who a good is question. your favorite? Yeah, I, I do like a fearless Fosdick. It's a good, good. Uh, it's a good Dick Tracy. But isn't uh, I will also take tribute characters. So that mm. could be like a Marvel man. Yeah, you know, which is a tribute was originally a ripoff, and then later was done as a tribute to Captain Marvel. Okay, so some something like that, yeah. or the you know uh, Wolverine would have been okay. Sure, uh, sure. You know, or uh, Julius and Cerebus to Groucho Marx. Yeah. yeah, so who's your favorite parody character? Super Duper Man? You could go with that from uh, Mad Comics. <laughs> That's a good one. Starchy. Starchy's good. Make, uh, Mickey Rat. That's a good one. Yep. So what is uh, what was your original question? My original question was was earlier, is how do you read? How do you read? Yeah. Very good. And just like... Just in light of Lisa's revelation to me that how she, which I've been married to her for many years, I, and, I, and uh, you know we've known each other for a long time since 1986. Started going out in 1987. Right. So and all and all that time, I did not know that she basically like took like almost like a mind photo mm-hmm. of the f- text on a page, and that and that went into her head as 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 like the data as a story. You know, that's weird to me. Because I read the words as I'm, as I, I read down through the page and all, I read all the words. And I split things, and so I'm reading ahead while I'm reading. Yeah, reading, that's a that's a weird habit. Two things yeah. at once. I mean, I did like I say, I did that with the girls, but I just I don't do that as, or I do that when I read at church as well. If I have to do like the lectionary, I read ahead because it prevents mistakes. You know, when I was speed reading, I would just whip through and I just try to hit the keywords. Yeah, and then at the end of the page, I go, "Did I understand that? Yeah." And then if I didn't, I go, well, got to go back and then check that out. Like, All right. That doesn't make sense. But I'm like, yeah, I get the gist. Yeah. Quite often. Quite but, often. But I know. read for pleasure. I'm, yep. not, I'm not just trying to like speed through a book so I can put it back on the shelf. I, like the act of reading is what's enjoyable to me. So mm-hmm. like speed reading, I can see as valuable if you're looking for information. Like if you're just like zipping through. Yeah. You know. But you can speed read and then like at the end of a chapter, just play it out in your mind and savor yeah. it. You know, you've had the you've had the meal. Nom, 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 nom. And now you kind of sit back with it and go, ah, but I know you're like every bite. <laughs> every little bite. Nom, 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 nom. Yeah, because the author took the time and, and trouble and energy to like to create a setting and to create a mood and to, you know, put you into that through the characters experiences. And and so I want to savor that feeling, you know, as well. You should. Uh, hey. 
Was that a show? Did we do a show? We did a show again. Lovely. Are you the host? I am going to finish it off here. Yeah. All right. Very I'm good. Gonna, uh, I'm going to then I'm throw out. This show. I'll throw out a plug for your show. Throw you throw up. out a plug for okay. my show. Sure. Hey, uh, we were talking a lot about uh, Lisa. And Lisa, <laughs> if you're like, I wonder what she sounds like. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what a person who reads like that sounds like. <laughs> Uh, you can you can listen uh, to both David and Lisa on a show called uh, Horse Mysteries. That's true. What is it? Did you read the title? Did you read <laughs> it in the block? How did you read it? Um, well, that's that's what it is. And uh, you can listen to those anywhere you uh, listen to podcasts or go to the Sneaky Dragon page. And they're all on there. So you're at the end of your what season now? We've just finished our third season. Congratulations. So we'll be starting our fourth season sometime later in the fall mm-hmm. when Lisa... Either gets back from her. Oh, that's the other thing. She's going to Australia. Oh. In November for two weeks. They call horses kangaroos down there. They don't. Uh, and she is. <laughs> she's going down there uh, as coach for the uh, Mounted Games team, which, oh, is, which is going down to Australia. Uh, so it's a free trip, two weeks long, for her to go to Australia. Unfortunately, if she has her eye operation, she cannot fly for two months after her oh, my surgery. Stars. So she may not be going to Australia after all. Okay. So anyone who is planning to, any Horse Mysteries fans who are planning to go to the airport and welcome her with with banners. Delicious chocolate. Hold off for a little bit and uh, we'll let you know if she's going or not. Okay. I'm hoping that her operation will be in the new year maybe or okay. like in December. Fingers crossed for good things. Yeah, because I'd like her to be able to go to Australia. She's always wanted to go there and this is a chance to go for free. Very good. And everyone. Oh yeah, and you want to, And oh so I'm going to, you want me to plug, refresh your memory again? Sure. Hey. We have another. We have a new show. It's this is the third episode. We're not too deep into it. It's time to catch up. Yeah, give a listen I keep to refresh your memory. Uh, Dave descriptions of it in the wrong format. So I can't see. <laughs> yeah, so then I have to like. It, but here's a here's a simple trick. If you get something that's in the wrong format, yeah, erase the erase the dot whatever it comes out. You know, like when it has period, and then the the erase the format. Yeah. Put zip. Then it'll turn it into a zip file. And then if you. Uh, open that using like you know an extractor it will then open it as a jpeg oh and then you can like you know the problem is i'm lazy so i just want you to send them to me in a yeah. format that i can like highlight i'll it. just send them to you a couple of days in advance so you can tell me hey stupid <laughs> control copy and then but back to your plugin Sorry. And then the other problem is last night i was sitting there i was watching a movie last night it was like coming up to midnight i'm like ah i guess i'll just go to bed at midnight so i can get up for five and then I went, oh, the show has to be <laughs> put up. So I had to go outside and put the show up. So anyway, uh, so then, yeah, that made it a bit more complicated. But it's fine. I don't mind. What it's is fine. the show? Tell us the show. You know what the show's called? Mm-hmm. Uh, refresh My Memory. What is it called again? Mm-hmm. Refresh Your Memory. That's correct. You know Refresh My Memory? Who's on first? <laughs> uh, it features popular, popular guests of the show. Jason Dedrick, a beloved bo- Boxing Day guest. We've, he's been on many, many episodes of our show. Uh, filled in for Ian when Ian was sick in the yeah. hospital. Just a stand-up guy. And then we have another stand-up guy, Eric Fell. Woo! Another popular guest. The show's been on twice. Yep. Once in a car, once not. Oh, no, three times in the show. Are you counting when he was with the Justice Pals? Yeah, we had Justice Pals yep. three times. So Justice Pals, once in a car, and once in a backyard. He only appears in a different place each time. Mm-hmm. He's like Brigadoon. <laughs> he's like Brigadoon. And... Our own Vicky, Vicky Van as well. Uh, talking about movies and talking about refreshments and talking about drinks. Drinking at the movies. And so uh, they did Casablanca. was the most recent one. They've done Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jaws. And if you enjoy those films, you'll enjoy their conversations. And also, they're not that long. No. Nope. It's more of snappy. a... Snappy. Yeah, unlike this show, which drags on like Ishtar. These are very snappy little uh, And you'll learn how to right? make a nice drink. Yeah. So give those a listen. They're 
on our website, which is called sneakydragon.com. You can go there and, hey, while you're there, um, I know people are busy right now, I guess, with school going back in. But, hey, leave a comment. Leave an answer to our questions. We would love to hear from you. Um, we're looking at you, regular writers. What's going on here? I know that Louise has an excuse because we saw her during the week, so she just, we just talked about it in person. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, Louise, people want to hear your thoughts that just aren't us. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also your, your fun jokes. So, yeah, go there, sneakydragon.com. We have an email address. It's called, it, it's not called, it is, is sneakyd <laughs> at sneakydragon.com. And I learned to do a cool thing. If you're on the refresher memory on the website, yeah, there's a little thing that says, uh, like, because um, Ian wants you to like send photos of, if you make a, make like a Jin Ricky. Mm-hmm. If you make a Jin Ricky based on listening to the show about Casablanca, we'd like you to take a picture of it and send it to us. Only three ingredients. It's pretty easy. It is pretty easy. Unless you put simple syrup in, then it's four. Okay. Um, but yeah, if you just, there's a little link and if you click it, it opens up your, your, um, your email mm-hmm. with the email address already there, with the title, with the subject line already filled in. You just have to put your picture in and send it to us. It's real easy. Easy peasy. You do that right from the, uh, from the show description. Anyway, so we're on, uh, <laughs> we're on X, formerly Twitter. Because Twitter's a better name, and the bird was a better logo, and it was a better site at the time. Sure, it had its problems, but now it just seems like a garbage fire. But anyway, we're on there, sneaky underscore dragon. <laughs> we're on Facebook, which I never thought I'd say this is better than better than Twitter or X. We have a face, we have a Facebook page. It's called Sneaky Dragon. You can go there. You can do stuff there. We'd love to hear from you. What we're saying is, contact us. We're contactable. We're approachable people. Yeah. You know, we're not going to put you off. We might actually. I don't know. <laughs> We have a sense of humor. You never know what's going to happen with idiots. But anyway, as the Beastie Boys once said, where to get your information from? How are you going to front when that revelation comes? That's a, that's a good God question. God only knows. God only knows. As the Beach Boys said. All right, everyone. Beastie Boys and Beach Boys. Bye. Bye.